Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're ready. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. It's all about that BS, baby. There it is. What's up, BSers? <laughs> you were waiting to see if I, I was. did it again. <laughs> I, had a, I had a backup plan ready this week. Oh, Not have it last oh, week. I should have no. done it then. <laughs> well, we got a full house tonight. Everybody's back in the studio. Fred, Scott, Ryan, James, Drew, the whole crew is in the house. Oh, yeah. A so lot of excitement tonight. A lot of shit to talk about. It has been uh, an action-packed full week uh, for the Ravens specifically. Uh, man, it was a fun weekend, too. I don't, I don't know what you guys did for the weekend. Man, I got down to Kays Valley, got to see some of the PGA event. That was a lot yeah. of fun. We went to a uh, balloon festival. Yeah. We went to a went, balloon festival. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. But you know yeah. what's really good about a balloon when festival? When balloons take off. That, there it is. Yeah. Right on the nose. If, Thanks, anybody's, if anybody's looking to print money, <laughs> you can start a hot air balloon festival, and you can just collect money from thousands of people and just say, it's too windy to put the balloons up. We're talking like four to six mile an hour winds. They're like, no, nah, we can't do it. <laughs> I don't know what day of the year you can have a hot air balloon take off off the ground. Think Maybe about that's it. That's why we never see them. How often do you see them? That was exactly what was going to be my point. Uh, but yeah, man, it was, it was a fun weekend. Got down to caves. You guys got to see some hot air balloons. I got a new wide receiver one in my fantasy league. Like, I'm excited. It was a good weekend. Yeah, it, it was definitely it was a good weekend down at Five Iron Golf. Like, uh, five Iron Golf. Is that, that was fun. And Kaylee, yeah. Kaylee, I was going to be nice and wish you a happy anniversary. But since you're saying I make you uncomfortable with all about that Ooh. BS, I don't know if I want to do that now. So I'll let it, Fred go. I'll ahead say and do it, it is a little creepy. But yeah, happy anniversary to the, the Shirai. And Kelly, the shambles. You're just now saying this considering I've done it for the past two years. <laughs> no, I've always thought it was creepy. I just let you go. It's kind of your thing. You're creepy. Happy anniversary, wife. Thank you for letting me come play with these fools. Uh, it's, it's almost football it's season. Not like that. No more right. baseball. Speaking There's of no creepy. Play. So it's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> We're just chatting here, not playing. Uh, <laughs> well, like I said, we got a lot to cover. Uh, the Ravens. Wrap up their perfect 3-0 preseason, but uh, things ended far from perfect in that yeah, game. Yeah, no, it definitely definitely wasn't pretty. Sean Gook's uh, now my favorite person. Can you see this? <laughs> Turf Turf shocked the nation and went by 30. I love it. Uh, I love it. on me, brother. Well, <laughs> we remember the Syracuse game, too. Talking about shocking, right? The Orioles also finally break the streak against the biggest name in baseball yeah, right now. Yeah, man. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. It's exciting. Yeah, the Terps, like Ryan said, set to kick off the 2021 football season this weekend uh what do we expect from the squad so ryan and i are going to dive a little bit into the head-on matchup that they've got the kind of rivalry between uh us and west virginia a little little true shell and tell this year yeah. or this week right. uh and in this week's rundown we're talking amazing golf obviously you know who's talking about that if he <laughs> went there uh we got the thumbs down celebration which i'm sure everybody's seen and heard about yeah and a thumbs down to the nfl rule book we're gonna get into that later but before we do 
Give our sponsors a shout That's out. right. Ever been injured at work or in an auto accident and weren't sure who to call? 855-MD-CRASH. The Maryland person or injury attorneys that'll have your back. If you find yourself in an unfortunate situation just like I have, James probably has. Drew definitely hasn't. Wait, Ryan hasn't rammed him yet? <laughs> I don't know. That's a personal question. Give our team an MD crash a call right away. We all know the cost of medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. It all adds up quickly and can potentially put you in a bad financial place. If you want a team that will handle your case, big or small, and just give you some peace of mind, save this number now. 855-MD-CRASH. It's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook for some fun giveaways, which he hasn't done yet for the Chiefs game, so go follow him. Make sure you get in for that contest uh, for some Ravens tickets. All right, man. So like we said, Ravens, this is going to be a, a long Ravens-segmented show pretty much. We're yeah. say, we'll touch on some Orioles. We're going to touch on some Terps. we got a lot going on that we got to get caught up with with the Ravens. Big, big day. It, today was cut-down day. They got down to the 53-man roster. Some some we knew, some a little surprising right. so for all of us. Right. We had the J.K. Dobbins situation in, in, in the preseason game. So we've got some changes at RB1 and some changes to that running back group as a whole. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're obviously going to talk more about the, uh, the, the preseason game to the Washington football team and just how that game kind of went out, how good Tyler Huntley looked. Uh, a lot so that people are are really high on Tyler Huntley. Some want them him locked up long term already. Somebody <laughs> yeah, sitting not, in this room. I, I am not. That's me too. God, I don't sort of stand. <laughs> no, that's me too. I, uh, I would. I'm right, not I'm with the you. table for it. <laughs> right, I'm with you. That but before we good. before we do too much, though, I do got to give a special shout out. And a special shout out goes to Ravens Flock, man. All of you out there. For those that don't or haven't been following this story, former Raven uh, Lionel Dalton. Uh, he's he's been gone on social media trying to get help. He's uh, he's needed a kidney transplant for quite some time, yep. uh, and he he started posting some stuff about it on social media. And Ravens flock, you did your thing. Everybody got on there and was retweeting it, putting the word out there, trying to find a donor for this guy. Uh, well, he finally found his donor. He yep. went through his surgery. So far, everything we've heard, surgery was successful. So uh, man. Good on Lionel Dalton for getting that, you know, situation. Yeah, exciting. And it's just it just goes to show you that social media can be used for other things. Yeah, uh, and it's it, not you know, all bad. No, and you, you get these stories every once in a while. This one, you know, being a former Raven, it hits a little closer to home. So it's yeah. kind of a, that you know that feel feel good story. Right. Uh, but let's get into what everybody really you know enough about Lionel. Great great story. But let's get into what really everybody came for. Yeah, the final fifty three was announced today. They made all their cuts. They got it down. It was, uh, I think, a total of 20 cuts. Yep. Um, started <laughs> this morning uh, with Tony Poljan, which was the guy that I thought, you know, I would have liked to have seen him do a little bit more. It didn't work. I didn't think it was going to be there, but he's he's going to wind up on the practice squad. I can see it coming. Could very well be. Uh, obviously, along with that uh, tight end group, you also had Eric Tomlinson, who was let go. Yep. Uh, so now they're down to the three tight ends, the three tight ends that we thought would probably make this team. Obviously, you've got uh, Mark Andrews, TE1, uh, Nick Boyles, TE2, when he's healthy. That's mm -hmm. the question mark right now. Uh, John Harbaugh did talk about Boyle in his press conference, said that he's progressing, but he's not quite where they hoped. Uh, he might be available week one. We'll see. Yeah. They did take him off the pup list. What, so it, before we kind of get into that real quick, Josh Oliver, that we, we kind of knew this was coming. We saw the writing on yeah. the wall the way the, the kid was playing. So good on him to make this team. Yeah. Really exciting. But I want to take a second because we were talking about this a little bit ago. There's like a, a loophole-ish 
The Ravens took him off the pup list, meaning he then because he came off pup, he cannot go on the short term IR. Right. And the, ca- the, caveat, caveat. the caveat to that is he can't go on the short term IR right away unless there's another injury uh, that happens in the mean in the meantime, or if he re aggravates said injury. So, so uh, I think um, <laughs> there's a lot I of ways to manipulate there's a, that. There's a there's a there's a notorious pothole <laughs> right. in Baltimore, and I think Boyle just I, I it I'm sits getting right news. It, he he's he's getting into the pothole now. It sits right <laughs> out there on Ravens Walk, right between the Orioles, <laughs> Camden Yards, that, and Ravens Stadium. That pothole's called Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all of Baltimore. It's true. Uh, so yeah, I, listen. If Nick Boyle isn't ready to go, it's why I was bringing this up. I do think Eric Tomlinson's probably the the most ready fit to come in, especially as that blocking tight yeah. end uh, out of the two that didn't make the team. But like you said, you know, kudos goes out to to uh, Oliver for making yeah. the team. Man, he from day one, uh, obviously he's had the cards kind of put against him because he hasn't been healthy in his career, and that's why the Jaguars gave up on him. Yeah. And if we reap the rewards of that, great. Good luck on EDC for finding yet another dime for what a seventh round pick yeah. that we got for him. Good system, good fit, and he's he's gonna he's gonna take that that perfect spot that you know Hayden Hurst was in, and he's gonna. The, the difference is he's going to make the most of every ball thrown his way. It's, it's just a feel that you get from this kid, right. which is exactly what you want out of your tight end three. Right, exactly. Quarterback room, uh, obviously, it worked out exactly like we talked about. They're only keeping two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and and uh, Huntley. Obviously, Trace McSorley, they're going to try to slide into the practice squad. I personally don't. I mean, I don't know if anybody in here disagrees with me. I personally don't see anybody claiming him and putting him on the 53-man roster. Can anybody think of any teams that might pull the, the trigger on a Trace McSorley? Not offhand. Houston. I mean, most most of them have back. I mean, Houston, Houston okay. could be a fit. Um, I you got Cam Newton out there. I, well, <laughs> oh, right. we'll get into that part later, too. <laughs> right. um, but no, Houston, maybe like a Miami. I know we were talking a little bit pre-show. Another another place that James had mentioned on on Cam was a place like Carolina. Maybe that's a fit for him. Right. But you got to, you know, is somebody going to be willing to take the risk being that he, you know, he's had two injuries in the past two years? Maybe not. I don't know what the backup quarter si- uh, quarterback situation looks like in Arizona, but he's a similar fit to the Kyler Murray size wise and si- yeah, yeah, yeah. He is short and <laughs> athleticism wise, like they they're similar in that sense. I, I like I said, I think he'll be back on the practice squad. Uh, so that that wraps up the quarterback position. Yeah. Running back was the big question mark. I know we had been back and forth on whether Justice Hill was going to make this squad. Uh, There's one fucking reason he made this squad. Let's be real. I was going to say, when it comes down to cuts and performance, because honestly, Tyson Williams uh, did everything that he could to, to secure a spot on the roster. Regardless of what happened with Dobbins, he was making this team. It was just going to be easy RB2 or RB3. Exactly. I mean, this guy, Tyson Williams, in training camp, I mean, in preseason, Four carries, 42 yards. Ten carries for 41 yards. 20, 24 carries total uh, for 130 yards. Average 5.42 yards per carry in the preseason this year. So, again, he did everything he can to secure his own spot. He yeah. won that job fair outright. Uh, he, so I think he would have even been RB3 if J.K. doesn't go down with the And injury. all those numbers were with an uh, incomplete O-line. Right. 
That's exactly true. And not with so, the bar for the most part. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So you added that, that other right. threat. But I mean, with that being said, the, the fact of what we saw with Huntley, that kind of factors in because he does have a similar game to Lamar, which is why he's more plug and play. Right. He's actually a better fit regardless. So it, with Williams, I think we saw some some good things. But imagine if you give this kid a, a solid, a, a more solid line, he's going to be able to do a lot more with the ball. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, being the JK goes down and now obviously Gus Edwards, he's going to get the lion's share of the carry uh, at RB1. Are you confident in a Gus Edwards being RB1 going into the year, uh, getting more carries? Because let's say for the last, what, two or three years, he's put up almost the identical numbers. He's over five yards a carry, about 700 yards a season. Uh, I'm not going to say his workload is going to double because they're still going to share the ball. And even Greg Roman talked about, you know, these guys still getting, you know, some share of the carries. But – Gus is going to take on a lot more than what he has in the past. Yeah, he, he's he's definitely going to be doing a lot more. He's going to have a lot more carries. He's going to be a lot more, you know, plays that are called his way. What you lose a little bit, and I think it's where Williams makes up, is Gus is really a north and south runner. Yeah. Right? And so when you need that that dynamic side of things, I think Williams is going to be able to come in and, and p- perform. Yeah. And with that, it's going to – I think you're going to see at the beginning of the season, I think the load is going to be heavy. If Williams carries this success that he had in the preseason into the regular season when he's given the opportunity, I think we could see later in the season we see a shift to see it more balanced, which then is perfect because it keeps Gus healthy, right? Which yeah. is exactly what you want. The The big you know question mark is, is Justice Hill, if and how do they even use him at this point? If you were thinking... Uh, it, Regardless of what happened with J.K., if J.K. makes this team and is not injured, as we all agree, Justice Hill is probably not in this conversation at all. Yeah. So you you already are saying we we barely had any confidence in you, confidence in you in the first place. Now we're our hands are tied. We're going to go with the guy that knows our system and can be versatile against special teams. I'm st- I'm still intrigued, and I don't think the Ravens are done here at the running back position. I I, I think. They had to. They were in a position where they had to have somebody, and Justice Hill will fill that role for now on the fifty-three man. But I think they wanted to see what the cuts were going to look like. You know, so you who, think they could pick somebody off free agency? I think they could still pick somebody up through free okay. agency. Obviously, we're stockpiling picks at this point, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a little so, bit. So, do you have like a dark horse that you're looking at, or do you do you have like are you looking at some of like the bigger so, names that are that are out there? So, when you talk about like the veteran free agents that are out there right now, you, you come up with like. Uh, who Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell. For me, when you're going after these guys, you're chasing names. Uh, most of these guys have been done for a while. Could they add something to the team in veteran presence and you know be a good change of pace as a third back? Yes, but I, it's where I think the Ravens are going to lack with the loss of J.K. Dobbins. What was the big thing that he said he was working on in the offseason? Pass catching. It's working Pass on catching. Hands, yeah. Pass catching out of the backfield. When you look at Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards isn't a typical pass catching no, back out of the no. backfield. The one out of the three. Now Tyson Williams Pat showed Ricard. that Tyson Williams <laughs> Tyson Williams showed that he can catch, but I don't think he's quite the threat with his hands that the Ravens were looking for. Um, Justice Hill has caught balls out of the backfield, but none of us have been impressed with anything that he's done in the regular season when the lights were on. No. So I don't think the Ravens are done here at RB3. Do they make a run at maybe making a trade? We talked about Houston a little while ago, right? Houston is in a position where they're garage sailing pretty much everybody. They're trying <laughs> yeah. to, they're going through a full-on rebuild process at this point. 
they've got about three or four backs there. I don't know who made the roster. I didn't check uh, Houston's roster before we went live, so I don't know who made it and who was cut. But a guy like Philip Lindsay, an undrafted free agent that the Ravens okay. were high on coming, you know, coming out of the undrafted free agent class that year, uh, ended up going to Denver. We obviously know what he did in Denver. He's that versatile back, right? He's somebody that can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's, you know, he's shifty. He's not a north-south yeah. kind of guy. Uh, I think he would add another dynamic to this team. It's just what would it cost? I think he's like under a $3 million a year contract, so it's not going to completely handicap the team. But a guy like that I think would intrigue me. Yeah, th there's, there's, two, there's two folds to this, right? Because there is the idea of bringing in a veteran back, that like some of the guys you named, a Peterson, a Gurley, a Gore, a Bell, right? Several those, those guys are all they're at the end of their career or really haven't done anything the past year or so, um, especially, you know, one of the things that, that social media was was going, you know, all in on was the idea of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Right. And it was I think that that whole thought process, Le'Veon Bell has has not necessarily been productive or he's been out of football one or the other for the past. We were talking four years or so. Um, I think fans look at that. And they're looking at what he did in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. And it's the fuck you, Pittsburgh. Right. right. Like that's kind of what the, the thought process is. And I get it, but he's not the veteran presence you want. Right. If you're going to go a veteran presence guy, I'm probably saying that's more of a girly or a gore because they're going to relate a little bit better and probably be more along the lines of what Ingram was to this team. Right. The problem is on the two, the, the flip side of that is you bring in a, a veteran guy like that, you could start taking some of the, I don't want to say the, the the leadership of authority, but how guys are starting to look at, you know, Lamar and how they really have been since last year, looking at him in a certain way of, you know, this is our leader, right? right. You want him to be your leader. You don't want somebody coming in that's not going to be here next year, wasn't here the year before to be the guy that's leading uh, the team. Could they could they give give some good feedback and stuff like that? Is it a, is it a veteran presence in the locker room? Yeah, but you're, you're trying to establish Lamar as the true leader of this team. I personally, I, I disagree in a little bit, okay. in a sense. I just think that right now the Ravens are in a position where they need a stopgap fill. I don't think they need anybody for a long-term commitment. So maybe one of these veterans do work in that concept because obviously the, the hope is J.K. Dobbins is going to, and we know the work ethic that this guy has and, right. and the time that he puts in, this guy's going to bounce back and bounce back strong and have a great year next year. He's going to come back from this injury like never, nothing ever happened. So you're thinking something on a one-year deal? Kind I of think thing. something just to kind of fill the gap would be good. And, and a Philip Lindsay who might might, you know, want to showcase his kind of talent in, a, in an offense like this that he can sign a contract somewhere say, else he a next contract year. Here? Uh, I don't know what his contract status is. I know he's got like a three James, million dollar deal. I think he signed in the off season. So I mean, I don't know how late the length of the deal, but he signed with them in the off season. Okay. Yeah. So, I, just, I mean, I, I, anything could be money could be moved around and cuts could be made, but he, he did just sign a deal. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I mean, like I said, there's just there's a lot of options that the Ravens have uh, at running back. Again, none of us in here are you know super Justice Hill fans, so I think all of us are kind of a little disappointed at that RB three spot. But he does bring that special teams that we all talk right, about, right, and right. he's Harbaugh's best friend in that sense. As the guy that wasn't here, <laughs> are we going to let him get away with saying he's not the biggest Justice Phil, Hill fan? Because no, I, I wasn't a there fan. watching on my keyboard, and I kept hearing <laughs> one person over and over again say Justice Hill, and it, everyone else okay. disagreed. So it wasn't <laughs> that he was a fan. He was just saying that he thinks he's, out of all the choices you have, He's the one that makes it. Ironically, if Dobbins doesn't get hurt, both of the guys that we were going back and forth are, with aren't making this roster. Right. 
Yeah, one year. All right, so that would be a perfect fit. How much? It's uh, like three, three million. Three point two. Okay. Right. Yeah. Dave, so for what it's worth, David Johnson's a little more like a little over four. A little over four. With one year. David Johnson wouldn't be a bad option. Like I said, it it all really depends on what Houston wants to do. Yeah. I just think Philip Lindsay would be so, a, would be a good fit in this so offense. Total guarantee is one million. Guarantee signing was a uh, thousand. So right. <clears throat> so the other running back that we had in the fold, Nate McCrary, uh, who did yeah. pretty well also in the preseason. Uh, he was cut. He gone. I think he's another one that's a practice squad candidate. I don't see yeah. anybody picking him up. No, he's not going anywhere. Um, speaking of a guy that you know protects these guys, um, I'm gonna we're gonna let we're gonna let Ryan take oh, his yeah. news. Uh, so he's the one guy that Ryan wanted to cut from day one from the oh, day that wait, we drafted him. This is a good one. Go ahead. I, I was like this because there's some bad news coming from me. <laughs> but I'm gonna give you the good news first. As always, our Michigan draft pick doesn't make the team because the only reason we draft anyone from Michigan is because we're paying off his brother so that he has a little stat that says, look how many people I got drafted. Well, ask him how many are playing the league six months later because it's none. <laughs> so to fill in the blanks there, Ben Mason was cut. <laughs> I, I was waiting for him to say the name and he didn't. I was like, I said he watch a show before that. No big blue can eat it. Ben, ben Mason was cut a uh, fifth round pick this year. And to kind of tag along with that, we'll go into the offensive line. Uh, yeah. Another Michigan guy is no longer on the Ravens. However... He was not cut. He was traded. He was traded in yet another EDC fleece yes. uh, of the Giants. As the second fleece that we've seen at Birdland BS this week. We'll get into the other <laughs> one later. <laughs> ben Bredesen traded to the Giants with a 22, uh, 20, yep, 2022 fifth round pick and 23rd seventh. And we get a 2022 fourth round pick which will most likely end up being a top 10 pick in the fourth round. The picks that they're getting, the fifth and the seventh, based on where we're projected to finish the year, will probably be a bottom half of those, those rounds, respectively. This is a damn good deal. Again, for a player that wasn't going to make the squad to upgrade your fifth and seventh to a fourth, which now gives the Ravens pro a projected four fourth-round picks in 2022 – if they get the you know the comp picks for Nagakwe and Judon. So to be clear, we gave up Bredesen and yes, we gave up Bredesen, a Bredesen, a 2022 fifth and a 23rd or 2023 seventh to upgrade to a 2022 fourth. Scott, what you're missing here is you have to pay people to take Bredesen, players. Yeah, uh, that's what Bredesen, I'm trying to figure out. Bredesen, he said it's, it's great. I'm like, because we actually lost enough. We we lost technically three draft picks to get one. No, so, so here's the thing. Bredesen wasn't going to make the team. So he was going to be right, cut. You got something for him. And That's I get, my point. Is and you I get that, but you, got, but you got something for him, and you then you turn around, and you also have to give up two yeah. other draft picks. Yeah, but they're, again, lower-level picks. Yeah. They're well, lower level picks is, he was a fifth-round pick, right? Who? Bredesen. Bredesen was a fourth-round pick, I think. Was he a fourth? I think he was okay. a fourth. Yeah. Okay, I thought he, I thought him and Mason, like because I thought that was the thing, is like they were back-to-back -back years of being fifth-round picks. No, so, I, 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 he might have been, but I could have swore he was okay. fourth. But either way... <laughs> So Bredesen ends up turning into an upgrade at, at draft pick. Uh, the, the offensive tackle, I know Ryan was high on, that we were all kind of hoping might be a developmental tackle. Uh, Adrian Ely, he was yeah. cut. Now, again, could be a guy that ends up sneaking into the practice squad and could end up you know, showcasing on the roster later yeah. on. And you, you saw a veteran in the group, the guy that you actually thought was going to make this. We were going back and forth yeah. a lot last week. He was week. a bubble guy. That he I was, was a bubble guy, but yep. you thought Schofield was going to make it. He winds up not making it. Yep. Uh, neither does Foster Sorrell yep. make it here. Um, so the, the offensive line, it's, you know, 
we, we know there's question marks, but I think they, they're happy with the guys that they have, right? They don't feel like they need too much else. And some of these guys, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be able to, to be stashed on the practice squad without right. a problem. Let's switch lines. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Now, this was the surprise. Okay. The the defensive line to to go so thin. We were at five on the defensive line. Right. That's it. Yeah. Five. One of these guys goes down. We're screwed. And not to mention, let's think about this. We've got some older guys in here, right? So the surprise of all of them to me, and you said he you thought it last week. You said, I'll give you credit. You said he thought he was going to be on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Justin Ellis. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to make it to the practice squad? Because I sure as hell don't think so. No. Jelly, Jelly's played too well in I the past. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be a practice squad guy. He's one of those veterans that doesn't have to clear waivers or anything like that. I think this is a positioning thing. They probably had a yeah. handshake agreement that, yes, he's quote-unquote cut, but he will be re-signed, I think, once they actually do the IR designations by okay. 4 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll kind of go into who I think might get the IR designation and who might be coming back. But, yes, I mean, to your point, if this is his last game or last time as a Raven, that is a huge surprise. Justin Ellis was very yeah. valuable uh, on that defensive line. But this is also kind of like what I talked about last week. The Ravens are going through a youth movement, right? They're mm-hmm. getting guys. And, listen, Broderick Washington showed out. I mean, he had he had a very good training camp. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Aaron Crawford is another disappointment. Aaron Crawford had a very good training camp. He didn't make the team. Uh, the Jovan Swan, he was another guy that was cut on the defensive line. That's not a surprise. But I thought both uh, Washington and Crawford, it was going to be one or, two, or the other. one or the other. They end up going Washington, which I think was the right pick. But I think Aaron Crawford, if he doesn't. If, I, if he doesn't get picked up by another team, the Ravens would be quick to put him on the oh, practice Oh, yeah, he'll squad. be on the practice squad because then, then if something happens to Washington with the with the, the off-the-field stuff, then he winds up, they, you know, they lose nothing there right. at that point. So it, it's not a big deal for them. Um, you know, you take a step back and you start looking at the linebackers, mm-hmm. right? This was one. Uh, again, there, were, there was one surprise here that was a bubble situation. You did, again, say Pernell McPhee. You thought he was on his way out, going the youth movement. A bubble guy. He was a bubble guy. Uh, Chris Smith. Uh, Alaka. Atara Alaka. That was the the one that I was kind of surprised because they they released him but kept Ferguson. Yeah, Alaka was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I thought that he could have been a pup candidate, so that way you still keep him on the roster because he's been dealing with injury issues. So that was kind of a surprise. Pernell McPhee, again, I think is one of those handshake agreements. We'll talk about that as well. Chris Smith. I think Chris Smith did great. In, in the preseason, another guy that I think could get picked up uh, through, you know, through waivers through by somebody else, else yeah. or maybe get on the practice squad. Ferguson. Yeah, I, I think he's shown progress and he looked better in the preseason. Uh, I'm just I don't know. He was the one guy that I didn't think would make the roster based on numbers, you know, because I thought they might carry a little bit heavy on the offensive line or they might carry a little bit heavy on the DBs and they might have to pull, uh, you know, from the linebacker core and outside linebacker specifically. Yeah. Once they signed Justin Houston, I kind of thought that, that that was it for Ferguson. Uh, but look, he, he looked pretty good in preseason. So, again, when they're going through this youth movement and if Pernell McPhee's days here are done, it makes sense because a Ferguson will be here more longer term than a guy like McPhee would be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, the DBs. This is the one that we all went through for a while, including all of you BSers out there. I know I know Garnett's in the chat room, and I know he's been pumping his chest because I know he's excited about the guys because him and I have been big advocates for Chris Westry ever since training camp day yeah. one started. 
and he makes the roster along with our Darius Washington, another guy that I was really high on the undrafted free agent, uh, free agent safety out of TCU. Uh, he's looked exciting again, not real big in size, but he plays much bigger uh, than what he gives. He gives you that flexibility. He can play safety. He can play uh, the slot. So we talk about the Ravens coming down to these last couple of DB spots. It came down to youth and it came down to uh, versatility and flexibility. Uh, and I think this is why a guy like Anthony Levine didn't make the roster. Anthony Levine didn't make the roster because he's an 11-year vet. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They're going through this whole youth movement. And again, contracts are going to be coming due the next year or two. They're going to have to pay for all these guys. They've got to get younger. Uh, and I think that was part of this decision. Yeah, fair enough. And I think there's, you know, it was funny you know, when you when you hear uh, when you hear Wink um, and they were talking to Wink. He was. Oh, oh there he is. There he is. He was saying. <laughs> all right. Jesus. He, he was every saying week. that if they if they if it were up to him, he would have kept every single one of those DBs, mm-hmm. right? That's how he that's how much two wide receivers, <laughs> right? But here's the deal, right? We still don't know, you know. And I know we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it, but you know, Jimmy Smith, what's with the injury? What's right. happening? What do they do with him? So we could very very well see an Anthony Levine or a Nigel Warrior come back and be on this roster until we have another healthy DB. So. I want to go to the couch on this one. So out of the DBs, right? You had uh, Washington. West Westry, Stone, Nigel Warrior, all the young guys that we talked about that could make this roster. Washington makes it. Westry makes it. I think the biggest debate I w- I had, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this, was Geno Stone or Nigel Warrior. They end up going Geno Stone, Nigel Warrior's cut. Do you think that that was the right decision? I'm sorry. What happened? <laughs> I just sat on my headphones. Oh. <laughs> Try to be all sneaky and then, yeah, just no. All right, Nigel Warrior, Geno Stone. They go Stone. Right decision? Uh, I think so. I mean, I don't really have a, a, a big opinion on it because uh, you're hoping that those guys are still just set pieces and 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 and, and do their part. But like, I maybe Stone just showed a little more and yeah. a little less of the little bit of injury worry maybe for for Warrior that you could hold on to. And not that he was injured, but. It could still pop up, but that was issues last year. I know, yeah, I was gonna say I know he had the knee issue so going into it, it. It doesn't really shock me. I think maybe Stone just did a little bit more. One of those, one of those camp things where guys look so even. Right. There's stuff that the the um, coaches see that we don't. Right. It might not even be on the field. Where they'd rather have that guy, and that's that, that's their guy. I got you, James. I know you were back and forth with me last week, Anthony Levine. Not saying that his days are done no. here in Baltimore. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. But were you surprised that he didn't make the initial fifty-three? I was, but then <clears throat> after after it was it it was like sort of like they can save money mm-hmm. and bring him back for less, right? Which I think it's going to happen. Like you said, yeah. There's a handshake. Hey, you're cut, but technically not cut. Just stay around. Don't sell your <laughs> don't condo. sell your house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't move anywhere. Don't sign it with anybody else. We will bring you back. I know unless, it's tempting right now. Unless with the house someone, values. unless someone throws out some cash, he'll, he'll probably still be here just to finish it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, see, here's the thing. The, the whole going back to the whole stone. He's a co-captain too. He's co-cap. That's right. Yeah. Going back to the whole Stone and Nigel Warrior thing, to Drew's point, Warriors had a little bit of knee issues that he's had to deal with, but he played great. Um, Geno Stone, I'll be honest with you, though, what he showed in training camp, not training camp, but in preseason last year and the little bit that he you know, he played to the growth that he had this year was night and day. And, and that's, that's where I was going to go with this is – 
they went Geno Stone because of the growth. Last year, Nigel, Nigel Warrior, when he did get later in the season, he was get, he got out there. He was getting picked on a little bit. Right. Right. Geno Stone also had, you know, had some issues. But I think what they looked at was that progression. Right. He went away. He went to somewhere else. And, you know, maybe he thought the grass was greener on the other side and he, he wasn't invested. He realized, oh, shit, if I'm not invested, I'm not going to be able to get on anywhere. We, they give him another shot and he says, all right, I'm. You know, I'm I'm invested now. He right. he changed his game. He made the adjustments. I don't know if that's the case, but that's that's what it would be lead me to believe based on what I've seen. And considering this was a guy that just last year they released, I think they kind of said, "Well, Nigel Warrior didn't do much better. You've had some injuries. We're going to go with Gino. Nigel. I don't think is going to catch on anywhere. I think he'll wind up on the practice squad. I agree with that. And I do think you know. I know we're going to get into it in a minute, but I think Anthony Levine will be back based on an, on an injury situation, and it will be for a much lower value. He wants to end here, even if somebody gave him an insane offer, which I think very well could happen. Somebody could throw a number at him yep. to get the experience on their squad. I don't know that he would take it. I feel like he's he's said he loves it here. He says he's never wanted to play anywhere else, which we've heard before out of players. I think he truly means it. Talk about Anthony Levine. Mm -hmm. See, for me, Anthony Levine is a system guy. He's that Swiss Army knife to us because we know his value. I don't think there's any other team out there that would value Anthony Levine's contributions as much as the Ravens would specifically because he's what, what he's met here you know, for this decade that he's been here. Because, again, we value special teams so high compared to most teams. Yeah. That's just my opinion on okay. it. We'll talk about that in a minute. One name that we haven't talked about yet, Drew's boy. Sean Wade. Yeah. Old shit. That's, that's old shit at this point. He didn't make the squad. He didn't get cut from the squad. He got traded he got from the squad. Out. He got shipped out. To the Pats. Goes to the Pats, which I think was like my initial reaction to the whole thing is, if you're going to trade Sean Wade, cool, that's fine. That makes sense. But to the fucking yeah, Patriots? Exactly. God damn it. Why are you going to the Stupid. Patriots? We end up getting a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2022 seventh round pick for him. I'm going to ask you, Drew, we'll start with you. What do you think this says about Wade and what they thought of Wade as a player? I, I still don't know. I, I don't know what their thoughts are on him. Because it wasn't, you know, it's like a lot of times you do turn that fifth round pick and that guy's a stalwart for a few years. And you, they covet corner, but they, they kind of covet uh, defensive backs. Right. And I get it. So I guess in, 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 in coping with it since our, our, our conversation the day of the trade, when you keep a guy like Washington and Stone, and you're you're trying to solidify the safety spot a little more, mm. and 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 Westry shows out, I mean maybe that spot stolen. But I just I I hang on to the fact that like, okay, yeah, maybe he's only good in the slot, and I get it. But you got Jimmy Hurt again, like yep. that's kind of always. And <laughs> so I mean, when's Kate Tavon Young gonna get hurt? Because it's coming. I know. Right. So that was always my thing. Is like. Maybe Westry could play the slot. Maybe somebody's, you know, Marlon moves around so it, it fits. So that Marvin's, you know, he does the moving around and he could fit the slot. But I, I didn't like it. I've gotten over it since our conversations. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it when it happened. I, I hated oh, it. Oh, I know. But, I had to talk everybody off the ledge. But, Trust me. I get it. I mean, I get it now. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I know that they covet their picks. So I, I, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. James, you had an opinion? Yeah. I just hope. Uh, Wade doesn't turn out to be a fifth round pick into a pro bowler compared to, <laughs> compared to 
you know, drafting Justice Field and not knowing what you're getting. <laughs> but a couple bad trades. Out, so. Yeah, Justin Fields and then Sean Wade are comparable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here, here's the thing, and Scott, I want to get your opinion on it too. So here's, yeah. here's the thing on Wade. For me, I agree with you 100% on the injury prospects with Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young, right? Like that's always a concern going into every year. Yeah. And obviously, Jimmy's already banged <laughs> up, right? The problem is the, the the roster spot limitation, right? And we had so many DBs. It goes back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. It comes back to who brings the most versatility when you get to your depth, right? You need to have guys that are versatile. One of the big things that you loved about Brandon Stevens, for instance, is his ability to play to kind of play all yeah. over. They had ideas of him playing safety. They have ideas of him playing in the slot. They have ideas of him playing outside. Versatility. Sean Wade, very good slot corner in college terrible outside he's pigeonholed to that slot corner position so i really think it just came down to we need to figure out how many dbs we're going to carry which they end up carrying 11 which is a lot a lot of dbs right and sean wade didn't make that list as far as versatility goes edc got on the phone and it sucks it went he went to the patriots now granted he didn't look very good in his first game with the patriots he got they got a touchdown over top of sean wade i know know. i'm not like trying to crap whatever they didn't look great though that game uh, but either way, he goes to the Patriots, which I think was a little bit of a knife in the side because I'd rather see him go maybe to the NFC and I never have to well, worry about him again. But, all I know well. is let me, I'll give you Malcolm Butler. I'll give you uh, <laughs> Gilmore. Right. They, they, they get these corners from James that are Jackson. just throws away. There you there go. There you go. That's a good example. Yeah. And I, that, that was, that was like <laughs> end up becoming my problem later in that evening. I'm like, yeah, but oh, okay. So right, Fred sold me on it. But God damn it. The New England? Really? Oh. <laughs> right. It, I think that's, that when you look at it for me, I think the thing is, is, is I don't know, you know, you, you brought up the idea of EDC going to them. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget Bill Belichick is known for seeing things in people, right? He, he gives them a chance to see something with yeah. them, and he's, he's able to do it, right, consistently, mm-hmm. or fairly consistently, we'll say. He, we don't know that he didn't come calling us. Very well could. I mean, they knew. Obviously, they put St- Stefan Gilmore on Pup today, so they knew they were going to be down at least exactly. him going exactly. into Exactly. So why not have somebody that can be there and then also be a compliment to him when he comes back, right? That, and I think somebody just commented that in the chat. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I know that EDC had to have been thinking, this kid's not clearing waivers. Right. You know, that's one of the things we have to look at. We can either get all or nothing. We're not carrying. We, can car- we carried 11, and we're all going, wow, 11 DBs, but we technically need it. We weren't carrying twelve. Right. We said we said ten when we were in this group when we were going over the fifty three and we were debating maybe an eleventh. There wasn't any way it was. I wanted to keep them all, but we knew that wasn't realistic. So did Wink. I won't hit the button again, but so did Wink. Right. Right. Uh, So (laughs) so, (laughs) that was pretty good. Um, Not as soulful. So that's one of those things that I. I look at it and say, great on EDC to get something out of it. You know, he was a fifth-round pick. You get a 2023 fifth-round pick, but you also get the the 2022 seventh-round pick. So, you know, we're just continuing to stack on the picks here for next year, which just goes to show you he's looking long-term. He's It's not—I have a feeling that EDC is looking at everything and saying, we can't become cyclical. Yeah, we can't become cyclical. We need to have the depth. We need to have the options and growth. We need to be able to grow these guys. Yeah, and that's one of those things that winds up coming. Some of these guys are going to wind up being able to be pieces that you can grow and you can develop over the next two years ish. Right. right? But some of them are going to be 
day one. Some of them, EDC looks like a goddamn genius this year. Yeah, and, and this is kind of where I wanted to wrap this up. So I know a lot of fans out there look at this as, well, they cut Ben Mason and they trade Sean Wade. Both fifth-round picks this year. Never saw the field for the Ravens in a regular season game. That's a big miss. Yeah. And I'll halfway agree with you. And Aiden Ely was my fifth-round pick, so he didn't make it either. <laughs> I'll halfway agree with you. The, ben, the ben Mason pick was a stupid pick to begin with. It was an insurance pick because Pat Ricard had the surgery in the offseason, and they weren't 100% sure whether he was going to be ready in time. So it was an insurance pick. It was a pick. combination of what happened with Ricard but Boyle. They, right. But it they was could an have. insurance pick because he can't beat Ohio State. <laughs> So, that, to me, I've always said since day one, the Ben Mason pick was a bad pick. But here's the thing with the Sean Wade thing. This was a good problem to have. This wasn't that Sean Wade was terrible. This was your general manager went out and found a bunch of undrafted free agents that fucking outperformed a fifth-round pick. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. You go out and you get guys like Washington and, and, and Stone. Well, Stone was a draft well, pick I mean, last out, year. You could even argue outperforming veterans like an Anthony Levine. Right. Right? I mean, you can make that argument. So that's why I'm saying, like, this draft, he looks as a whole, not just, you know, the picks themselves, but those undrafted, I think, what, we had, was it three? Was it three undrafted guys this year? That four. made the roster? Yeah. Well, Westry was an undrafted guy two years ago. He ended up going with the, the Cowboys for a little bit, so he's technically an undrafted free agent. Washington and um, – who's the other guy? I'm drawing a blank. That's why I was looking at you. I yeah, can't remember no. how many There's it was. Multiple choice list in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. But anyway, the, the whole point of, of saying that is that he, he's he's done a lot with so little – because what is the what was the biggest thing that we all talked about this offseason? Can he stay under the cap? Right. He not only did he stay under the cap and saved room in the cap for something potentially down the road, but he did it and did it with guys from an undrafted standpoint, guys that nobody else was willing to give a chance to, guys that were cut by teams over the past few years, guys like Oliver Stone. These guys were cut by teams over the past few years. The, the Josh Oliver pickup. Right. Again, looks genius move because this kid comes out and looks like he could be a true tight end too if you let him. Potentially. I mean, he's got that that potential for sure, uh, especially as a pass catcher. But right. he, he was honestly, he was a much, talking about Oliver, he's a much better blocker than I ever thought he would be. He was, he's a pretty complete tight end. So I think Oliver was 100% of steal. But let's get back to this whole IR designation so for those that don't know uh you have to whoever you're going to put on this ir designation designated spot or spots they have to make the initial 53-man roster which is what you saw today today is the initial 53-man roster as of 4 p.m tomorrow they can submit who's going on to the temporary ir which basically puts a, a player on a three-week ir list that they can come back from after three weeks so it's not pup, which commits you to six weeks. This right. is halfway there. It's three. It's three weeks. So who are the names of the players that are could potentially get put on that IR designation? Hollywood. We, well, we know Bateman for sure will be on right. that list. Um, I would say 95% for sure. Uh, Hollywood, I'm not 100% sure there. I think he'll be ready for week one. So Hollywood should be fine. 
Miles Boykins, who we haven't talked about him yet, actually making the roster. I didn't even want to bring his name up because I know how we'll all go off on that one. <laughs> He's going to be a perpetual pothole oh, in the perpetual yeah. IR is what it's going to be. Boykins made the initial 53, but he's been dealing with hamstring issues and whatnot. He could go on to an IR designation. Uh, obviously, Nick Boyle, which yeah. we've talked about. We don't know what his status is, according to, to Harbaugh. Uh, he, do, he won't be ready for week one, so to me that sounds like an IR designation. And uh, yeah, he'll be ready early in the season, which right. honestly, I'm actually happy about that because I don't want them rushing him back. I don't either. Right. Yeah, I, he's I, too these, important to the offense. Him, a uh, Bateman, some of these eh, other guys. I don't think he needs to go pop. You don't want to you don't want to rush these guys back. Right. We've seen what happens when teams have rushed guys back, winds up a re-injury or retrigging yep. or, or making it worse. Or they're putting so much weight on the other leg that they wind up having an issue with that leg. So it, it's. It's good that they're doing this, and I'm happy to hear happy to hear it. I do agree with you. We'll see him. We'll probably see him week four, right? You know, week five. That's probably where we're going to wind up seeing him. Yeah. The other name, obviously, Jimmy Smith. Uh, his his kind of injury progress, his healing progress, has not gone as fast as I think they initially anticipated or hoped. Yeah. Uh, he could go on IR, and I and I'm okay with that too. The only thing that sucks is what. Jimmy brings in value. I mean, he's just he's a good corner all around, but what he brings in value specifically is how he covers tight ends. Yeah. You know who we play the first three weeks of the fucking season, right? <laughs> Waller. Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah. Kelsey and three, uh, three of the five top tight ends in the league. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who the third one is. They've got three of the top five tight ends, and the other one's on our squad. <laughs> you right, know what exactly. I mean? We're, go we're going to rinse the best of the best. So that kind of sucks if Jimmy's not healthy, but it sounds like he's probably heading towards an IR. But again, we've got 11 DBs on this roster as it stands right now. So we've got depth to Garnett's point. We this is depth at, at corner and DB that we've never seen, that we've yeah. never had in the past. No. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Justice Hill still dealing with that injury issue. Could we see him go on the IR? More than likely we will. Uh, so we could see four or five guys go on the IR list, which gives you four or five roster spots to then add back for that week one matchup. So we've talked about some of these names already. We figure Pernell McPhee will probably be one of those five. Anthony Levine could very well be one of those five. Mm -hmm. Tomlinson, for sure, especially if Boyle is not ready, he'll be in there as a, as a tight end three option for that blocking ability. Your guy, Justin Ellis, Jelly, talk yeah. about him. They're thin on the defensive line, so I think he makes sense. And then potentially either bringing back uh, McCrary as that RB3, you know, if Justice Hill does go, or bringing in an outside option. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Week one is going to tell us a lot. Yeah. Week one is going to tell us a lot of where they're going to go long term, right? Because what are you going to do? Okay. When some of these guys get activated, okay, you activate Boyle. We all assume Tomlinson. Yeah. Then who do you bring back, right? If somebody else, if somebody else goes down, right? Boyle's coming back. Who, who else do you, who else do you, if, if he goes down again, something else happens. That's why you get a guy like uh, your boy, uh, was his Boljan or whatever his Poljan. last name. Yeah, if Poljan, if he's on the practice squad, there's your fourth tight Stop end. Stop gap, yeah, right. if, if you need to. So uh, there, there's a lot There's a lot of question marks. I'm interested to see tomorrow, because I think they have to have him submitted for tomorrow for week one, right? Yeah, by 4 p.m. Right, so that that's going to be the test. And then what happens to some of these guys in week one? Because... You know, we, we're talking about having a lot of depth, and that's great. But, 
you know, you look and you say, okay, what do we have on the practice squad? We have a few guys, right? But we have a few guys at only a few positions, right? They're kind of clustered. So I, I think we wind up seeing them, you know, go after some, some guys on other practice squads to fill, uh, maybe somebody from the free agency to fill that, that gap. Um, obviously free agency is probably priority. Number one, seeing if they can get somebody. I'm sure we're going to see, you know, talks tomorrow or something coming out tomorrow right after that. Go man says, come on, y'all Boykin is our biggest wide receiver. So yes, he is our biggest wide receiver. And, and if there's anything I talked to uh, shout out to coach Evans, talked to him on his stream last night, a little bit about it. If there's any one thing that you can say is a saving grace for Miles Boykin is that he is a hell of a blocking wide receiver, and there's not a ton of those on this roster right now with who's on this squad. So I think that was his saving grace as to why he actually has a roster spot. I was kind of surprised that uh, uh, Victor, Benjamin Victor, didn't make the roster. because he, hey sh- he showed <laughs> yeah. out. He showed out in that Washington game. He's looked really good in training camp. Uh, 6'4", he doesn't have the – his body isn't filled out like Boykins, and he's not a blocking wide receiver, but, it, but I, he's a guy that I was surprised didn't make this But squad. if that's all – if that's what you're feeling is his biggest value – It's his well, only value. Okay, so then why not make it – why not make the shift to tight end there, right? We talk, we've talked uh, about that. It's a big transition. I mean, it's not as easy as what Waller did. Waller easily had 25 pounds – 20, 25 pounds – on Boykins. Boykins would have to put on a lot of weight. And again, there's there's no guarantees, you know, w- with how he would transition over to tight end. Just because it worked for one doesn't mean it'll work for other. Fair enough. If you're ready to give up for him, give up on him, and nobody else wants to take him, and you put him on the practice squad and you develop him as a tight end project, kind of like what they did with uh Christ, who was that? It was like an offensive lineman. Was it uh, Crockett Gilmore? I can't remember. It was a tight end that we developed. Sounds, yeah, that we developed uh, a couple years back. But either way, maybe that happens down the road. But I think Boykin is just in a bad situation. I think he needs a fresh start somewhere else in another offense. Garnett, this is why I was saying there are too many injuries to bring back older veterans that have one purpose. Right. I agree. And <clears throat> but you can't do that with younger guys either that only have one purpose. <laughs> right. And that's going to be the. The end-all, be-all for Anthony Levine. Like I said, I think Anthony Levine might come back uh, while the IR you know, designation is given and they have that flexibility. But one play, once players start to get healthy and players start to come back, you might see Anthony Levine released again. Hopefully. Because yeah. <laughs> if you don't keep people healthy, there'll be plenty of spots for him. Well, no, yeah. that's, that, that's very true. Yeah, very it could be a rotating door at that point, and then he just stays there. That's not a bad point. So, Well, well one thing we didn't talk about yet, uh, obviously it was the third preseason game. It's the last preseason game of the year. Uh, it sucked. I mean, you, you wanted to see the ones out there for at least a couple of drives, Lamar get work, but I only wanted to see Lamar out there if the ones were out there on the offensive line. The ones were out there. Still debate as to who that starting left guard's going to be. Uh, but Ben Ben Cleveland was out there for a good bit. You saw Ronnie Stanley mm-hmm. out there. Lamar looked good. He had uh, he had a real nice pass to Mark Andrews outside the numbers. Let him. Pr- it looked good. Yeah. Um, but you man, saw the question mark with with the offensive line seeing the sack. You know, it early there. Right. So it's. You know, it's that, that huge question mark of what the hell is going to happen. It's not even it's not even just who's going to be where. It's also can this line stay healthy? Yeah. Because if they can't, what do you have in the wings? Right. You really don't have a lot waiting in the wings. Right. Well, 
you saw why everybody has hesitations in playing starters in the preseason in this game because J.K. Dobbins gets what nine plays. True. Are you still crying over there? Uh, yeah, it's just per- perpetual like a waterfall. <laughs> it was brutal. Corner of my eye ever since. I mean, I, I knew it as soon as he got hit, just in the awkwardness and the way his knee bent back that it wasn't good. Uh, yeah. I've seen it one too many times. I know we talked to Ryan and made a good point. Like Giannis, we thought Giannis was going to be done for a year, and he came back and ended up winning the NBA Finals for uh, for Milwaukee. So you never know until you know. But it was it was pretty bad, and it sucks, man. Because like I said, J.K. is just such a such a hard worker, mm-hmm. um, and he was he's poised to have a big year uh, in this offense. I mean, you could even see if you if you watch the game. If you paid attention to John Harbaugh on the sideline, you could just see like the utter disappointment I think he <laughs> yeah. had in himself for having them out there and taking that risk. And he carried that with him literally through the entire game. Players are high-fiving around him and cheering because like, Tyler Huntley had fucking a great, a great game. game. He went off. And, I mean, he, he looked awesome, and he Balled solidified out. himself as number two quarterback. And everybody's high-fiving and having a good time, and, and, and Harbaugh the entire time looked like he had just lost his best puppy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like He looked so sad and so disappointed at himself. And, you know... I play, you know, it's hard for me to pick a side on this because I understand both arguments behind it. I've always thought that they're, you know, these guys, they get hurt doing anything. I mean, we saw Sergio Kendall fall down a flight of stairs. We saw uh, Terrell Suggs fuck his ankle up playing basketball. Harb should have listened to John Guggs. He says FedEx and Capital One Field have bad stories with yeah, histories really of does. ACLs. It's really 100% does. true there. That's true. That is true. Or, broken, or broken leg. Yeah, what, yeah, what exactly. yard line did that happen on? Did it happen on the same yard line as Theismann yeah. and fucking Alex Smith? Yeah. Alex Smith? And it's it's oh. all of D.C. because the Terps have the same issue. That's why we replaced our field this year. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so, Good. I just want to say, I know you're not, you guys aren't going to agree on it, but maybe Ryan. I just want to let you know, Lamar comes down with COVID again. He might lose his job. No, I'm not going to agree on that one. Yeah, not going to agree on that one. For the amount of money we are paying, 100%, it's fine. Lamar's great. I just think if you could pay this guy five and Lamar 46, I'm taking five. (laughs) Uh, Huntley showed out. Really, he showed out of this game. He looked good. Uh, and he was throwing, you know, to uh, a couple of guys that didn't even make the roster. You had Deion Kane out there, which he didn't do him any se- himself any favors in that game. He no. had a couple of drop passes in that game. Uh, Benjamin Victor looked good in that game. Proche had his best pro catch. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was a phenomenal catch with basically swallowing the dude's arm with the football. Helmet, uh, helmet off. Helmet came off. He gave him the death stare, which will get you fined and get no, you a penalty. No, he was fine. We'll get. To, I mean, we, we'll, that's in the rundown. <laughs> he was fine, and I can't remember the the wide receiver later on because I, I I wasn't watching the game, but I I can't remember the other wide receiver. But Prochet got up, did a little thing. It was a little tall, but it was, it was pretty minuscule. No fine. And the other guy literally just did this, and they, right. and they threw the flag. It's yeah. like, come yeah. on. I understand. We'll get to that I, later, I under, yeah, we'll talk about it. I understand cracking down on it a little bit, but this shit's just ridiculous. You're taking all the fun out of the game. But anyway, so. Prochet, like I said, had that great catch. Uh, they bring up the fact that this is the 20th anniversary <laughs> since the Lamar, uh, Jamal Lewis situation. Touche. <laughs> that's, that's a good point as well. Um, I don't know. I, I just these guys got to get work. They got to get work with the ones. So 
I'm not one to say just sit your starters until game one, until week one. This isn't Madden. Like these guys got to get into to rhythm with each other. I know that you know they do these inner squad practices with other teams now, and that kind of simulates like a, a preseason game, which is also why they cut it down to three preseason games, and there's not four yeah. anymore. Um, but shit like this can happen at any given time to any given person. It's just really unfortunate with JK. Yeah, it's, it's bad timing, bad situation. You don't want to see it. It's it's the, the flip of the coin. It's why so many so many teams debate how long do we put our stars out. You got to get them some type of reps, right? right? You got to make sure they're in. There, there's a difference between two, three shape and one shape, right? Right. We've seen guys that that are they can do well against two threes, but you put them in against ones and they start to struggle. Right. Right. And that's that's my one thing about the, the whole Huntley thing mm-hmm. is I ask that people just just temper just a little bit. I'm not saying he couldn't do it against ones, but let's remember he was doing it against twos and the latter half he was doing it against threes. He's doing it against guys that they're looking at going, do we want you? Do we not want you? Some of them are showing out and doing great. Same thing. How do they perform against ones? Right. So it's it's a it's a double edged sword. You have to be very very careful about thinking in that way. Oh, this guy did great. This guy did great because what does he do? You know, Prochet. True test is going to be what's he what does he do against some of these top tier cornerbacks in the league? Yep. What's he going to do if he goes up against a Jalen Ramsey? If they have him co- Jalen covering him for for whatever reason? Right. Right. I get what you're it, it, There's there's things that can happen, and you can that can start messing with the confidence of a guy too. Right. So he gets all high, and the first time he goes against a one, and he gets he, he gets himself burned, he gets crossed up or whatever, and he gives up the interception because he did something wrong. It's a different ball game. I, I agree. Flock Nation says, but here comes the bus. I agree with you, buddy. I have all the faith in the world. Gus Bus will step up and be a good RB1. Go ahead, James. Uh, this could be a learning experience for us because technically what we could do is not play our starters at all in the preseason and count the game one as the fourth would be like so it'd be like the fourth preseason since you have an extra game. I mean, yeah, I, I get that to a degree, but well, it's something new. Well, you're I seeing understand, a lot, you saw a lot more teams this he does have a point. You saw a lot more teams this season that their their ones only got what? One series? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you treating week the one Chiefs did, as I a mean, fucking preseason game if it's the Chiefs? Well, no. No, 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 you're not. not. I'm saying, not. But if you lose it, it's not a big deal because you have an extra game. Okay, too. but you also you bring up the Chiefs. Andy Reid played his starters for an entire half in the third game. Yeah. yeah. Entire half. Andy Reid's no shit coach. Like people no. need to calm down. Right. I mean, like, the third... there's different ways to play. And this. honestly, the yeah. Ravens have gone backwards with this because no they, right way to play. They used to be that team. They would play, you know, their starters in the third game up until the first half, and then that would be it. And the fourth game was the backups. Uh, the Ravens have really cut back on how much the starters are playing. So the Ravens are going in that direction. And even Harbaugh said in his press conference that they've cut back on now that. Vegas but again, it goes to any. show you, all it takes is one series. It takes one play yeah. to fucking change something. But Vegas so. didn't play any of their starters. Yeah, well, we'll see how ready Go uh, Vegas is week one. Go 1,700 yards for Gus. That is a big call. 1,700 yards, a lot of yards. Far better only rushing for like 600. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that maybe 1,700 total yards, but even that is a stretch. Because uh, he's not a huge receiving back, I, I would say with the extra game, if Gus is healthy, I think the twelve hundred to thirteen hundred yard mark would be a good would, potentially realistic. I'm goal. not far off. I was thinking eleven hundred to twelve hundred is, is kind of where I was thinking. He's with the put extra up carries. He's probably going to. He's get. put up close to eight hundred yards splitting carries. So if he's going to be primary back one, I could and an extra week, I could see him hitting that like twelve hundred mark, twelve hundred yard mark. I like what I'm just hearing. in my opinion. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
give you a third round draft pick. No, I'm good. <laughs> you know that's never going away. Maybe a third round draft pick. And it'll go away when the Fields takes off and everyone's. <laughs> yeah. Just remember who's right, Ryan. the Keeper League. It's time for a social media shout out. I have not been able to pay attention to the chat room, so tell me who's been right, out there and what's pretty, everybody saying. It's been pretty heavy, so if Good. I missed you, uh, sorry about that. It's hard to keep track of what I wrote down. Uh, Joe C. was in with the first comment with, not Trace. I just want to say, I'm happy the world is back to normal. I don't have any more Penn State people I have to cheer for, and I continue <laughs> to hate life. Because I was a little sad when I was sitting there in the preseason with Fred a couple years ago and goes... Oh, this guy's actually a decent quarterback. Maybe he could be a backup. No longer. See you later, buddy. Uh, Chuck <laughs> Summers, Dominic Henson, Kaylee Shamel, Garnett West, Stephen Sievers, Sherry Reedy, John Googs, Sea uh, Iron Attic, Craig Zero, Jamal Caldwell, Joe Shipley, uh, Troy, Ben Cleveland Stan, Adit Mahood, uh, Go Man, uh, Dave from Big Play checked in, wanted to know if we had uh, had the uh, Chubb Crush. Apparently, is their beer they're drinking. He's hung up the hero. You just got corrected, by the way. I don't know what you just said to me. (laughs) You just got corrected. Troy uh, Troy Ben Cleveland Stan says, uh, I mean, we still have a way. Oh, God. You're right. I think I I saw Gary William in there, too. So we appreciate all you guys chiming Uh, in. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got uh, Troy Ace, John Carr, Jared Old Green, Flock Nation. And then William Sable said he's excited to see what Williams does at RB2. The number two has been solid for years. He's right. We always find some kind of backup role. They've been good for years, no matter who they are, how much of a journeyman they've been. They're always good. He also put a prediction out there. Says Gus will have a prime Todd Gurley type of year. Call me optimistic. I like it. He got a lot of people out here calling for the same number I was saying about twelve hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. Fucking, I think uh, someone over on that casting couch would be a little happy if he ends up with twelve <laughs> touchdowns. So glad I drafted I hope him. So. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, did anyone think Huntley was awesome? Of course. Yeah, we just talked about that. I mean, he Gus, looked great. John says Gus a good twelve fifty and thirteen, 13 touchdowns. touchdowns. Hey man, I'm for it. I'll even take a loss against Drew if Gus Edwards has a huge game. I'm for it. I'm okay. You, you should just give him a loss when you play him. Yeah. <laughs> living, living legend. I, is that what I traded him? Year. Did I trade him a loss? Is yeah. that was that part well, of the deal? Well, what, what, did Craig, what did Craig say there? Craig just said something about uh, it messing with our uh, schedule. Let's see. You forget the fact that the schedule can fuck us up. What if a, what if we play a divisional round week one next yeah, year? Can't I can't think a of a player. season where we started the. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we st- we started. That's right. Yeah, we did start. They, That's right. They yeah. seem to be back. There's a couple years ago we started now, against though. the the Bengals. You're right. Well, you want to you, which makes sense because you want you should backload the schedule a little bit more because you should make your your later games in the year mean more. So if you're playing, you know, the I think the last four of every of every year, the last four games should be divisional games. Period. There should be no out of know. out of division games. Craig says, Fred, what if we sign Joe Nubo as a replacement for LJ Four? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All the respect in the world for Nubo. He's lost some weight. He looks good, man. Uh, keep trugging with it, Nubo, but uh, I don't want to see him out on Ravens Field anytime soon. At least Owe. <laughs> Unless we're winning a Super Bowl and he's out there with all the fans celebrating. At least Owe lost to the Terps. I didn't. <laughs> Trace was sorely pretty much won all the time. So, so Bruce, Bruce said, what is your guess for the score versus Vegas? We're going to get into that next week because yeah. obviously the first game, oh. this is the weird thing, right, is that our first game is still Two we weeks still away. Have a, buffer, a buffer of a week. Right. This is 
isn't like it was before with the fourth week. So in all reality, all they did was they added another bye week, basically. There's a, a pre-season pre, uh, bye week is the way that I look I'm at all right it. with that, though. Give yeah. a chance for players that were banged up to get a little bit of rest going into the season and be ready for week hey, one. Hey, the Terps got a quarterback that had an ACL tear like four months ago that's playing. So maybe J.K. just turned this around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, it's time for some bros, bows, and O's, and let's talk about them 40 and 90 O's. <laughs> God damn it. Do 40 we, and 90. Do we have to? Uh, no, do we don't. We let's to. make this quick. We're going to be quick. Let's this. make this Jeez. real quick. So the 18 versus the Rays. <laughs> so the, You're welcome, Tampa. The, the yeah. first thing, right, is the losing streak finally ended at finally. 19 with a win over <sighs> the Angels on Wednesday, last Wednesday, 10 to 6. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You can't just say that it was a win over the Angels. I was going to let you go that route. They go fucking ahead. beat Shohei Otani and uh, hit two home runs off of him in the first inning yes. alone. It Fred looked good. Son started it out with first pitch. That's yeah. right. First pitch off Otani. <laughs> that, Yard work. That's the whole reason he wanted to bring Yard this work. <laughs> it was a come from Proud game. Papa. Yeah, they did come from behind, which yeah. normally they, they aren't able to. Listen, even with that start against Otani, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yep, they're still going to lose this yeah. fucking game, well, whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> but then they turn around the next night, and on Thursday, they win again 13-1. to yeah. So two in a row. Whoa, right? Yeah, exciting. And then they lose the next one, right? Um, <laughs> some some good things here. You saw, you saw a catcher doing well? Yeah, with the bat. Uh, Pedro yeah. Severino has got a little hot. He had the uh, the grand slam versus the Angels, which was fucking fantastic because we give Pedro Severino so much shit on this show. Yeah. And rightfully do. so because he's a terrible defensive catcher. But to get that grand slam and to watch him slow trot it around the bases <laughs> like he just won the World Series was fucking great. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was good. Hysterical. Well, it would have pissed me off. It was against us. But because it was for us, it made me He chuckle. had a good week. He had a good week. Yeah, he had a couple doubles versus the Rays on Saturday. Uh, so he's starting to swing the stick well, along with our rookie. Yeah, uh, this is one of those things. Mountcastle is now 25 behind just Eddie and uh, Cal for rookie home run record. Yeah, he's got 25 now in the year. Eddie and Cal had 27, so he's now two home runs behind the rookie record. I think he'll hit that. The AL Rookie of the Year candidate? Hell, they, they haven't even put him in consideration, which is absolutely which is absurd. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. Um, in my book, yes, Ryan Mountcastle will be the Rookie of the Year. That's the yeah. one thing we can hang our hat on. That, that and, and, and my son <laughs> having a great year. <laughs> even through all the bullshit. Well, he's Cedric Mullins is still he's having rookie, a great though. year. That's okay. He's been best all around. MVP. Yeah. Uh, they, they also lost three straight to the Rays. Surprise, surprise. Total. In this series, they lost 22 to 14 run-wise. Mm -hmm. they Have just you cannot... seen this year's run differential? It's uh, oh, absurd. Yeah. That's on the good side. The one great thing was Saturday. Did you see the slide by Jorge Mateo? To avoid the tag? It was yeah. Baez-esque. Yeah. Right? Getting around the tag. And not, you know, he was dead to rights. Which with I, his speed was crazy. See, I think it was a hit and run. I don't think he was running it hundred percent. It was a strike him out, throw him out yeah, situation. I, it yeah. was a hit and run, so he wasn't giving it hundred percent. Because when I first saw, I wasn't watching the game. I saw the highlights oh, of him with the play. I'm like, what the fuck? Why was it even close? It's Jorge Mateo. You know, it, it, Mateo. Right. Like, what's the point? But yeah, that's what it was. It was a hit and run. Great to see. Uh, then there's Paul fucking up Fry. Oh my god, this guy should have traded him when we had any value for that guy. Okay, let, let's talk about it. A third of an inning on Sunday, four runs Have on you seen hits. these numbers, Drew? I'm so mad that I, like, defended not trading him. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. That I was mean, on you. Oh, I was totally, because we're going to get to the other stats in a second. Go ahead, Ryan. 
Oh, I thought you were about to say something. <laughs> Why does he ever have anything to yeah. say about the world? Yeah, I thought he did. Really but so, credit Wait to for my turn. Credit to Job Boy Media and Talking Baseball. If you guys haven't watched this, we were actually watching a little bit pre pre show. John Boy is great. Trying to get Jimmy on the show. Uh, he is hilarious with his breakdowns. Uh, James actually was showing the the one where they were in Cleveland and he broke down Brandon Hyde being thrown out in the first uh, inning. It was hysterical. It was hysterical. If you <laughs> haven't followed him on social media, look up. John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. Yeah. His videos are absolutely hysterical. And the one he's talking about is specifically when Brandon Hyde was going at the umpire. It's fucking <laughs> it's great. It's hilarious. And because he's 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 truly reading lips too, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. So you get a real insight. So but Paul, fucking any. Yeah, right. <laughs> Paul Fry, take a listen to these numbers against the race. I don't want to. One <laughs> Can I mute you? <laughs> one and a third innings. He's given up 18 or eight hits. 15 earned runs, 17 runs total. You guys, don't let Mo hear this. 11 walks, zero strikeouts. What What even is the ERA on that? I mean, Christ, one and a third, and you gave up Do you 15 really earned? Know? No, I don't, like because the decimal points are probably 10. endless. It's ridiculous. It's got to be in. ridiculous. It's 16.75. Ugh, That's it? Yuck. That's it. That's it? It's a run in inning. That's what it yuck. is. That's 21. ERA. <laughs> It's runs per nine. Why did we um, not get rid of yeah. him and trade him when he had any value? Uh, yeah, no. But, was- but, but on the good side, we talk about giving away people, getting rid of people. Michael Franco was released. He was released. Thank yeah. God. That yeah. was overdue, well, long and, overdue. And then you see them, you see them bring up uh, Gutierrez, uh, the two weeks ago, yeah. um, who's been who's been fairly productive at third base. Had a nice play. He's got a solid arm, actually. I'm excited right. to see him. Uh, Jemai Jones comes up last Tuesday. Yeah, we talked about this, but he's had some struggles that you were talking about before. Yeah, twenty at bats, two hits, one being the double. Uh, but he's struck out eight times. So that's kind of the alarming thing, but. I'd much rather him be here because he's got the potential to be a part of our future. Franco was just taking up a roster spot. He's also a great signed, defensive second baseman. Yeah, you signed Franco in the hopes that he would get hot and you could trade him for something. Well, we that ship long <laughs> sailed away a <laughs> long ago. time ago. It's like two weeks into May. <laughs> yeah, this shit was <laughs> yeah. long gone. That's already docked and been re-back out. So to let him go uh, was long overdue. I'd rather a guy like Jones be up here, get his knocks, and, you know, it is what it is. The, 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 the chat room is coker. The Horials. <laughs> UMD <laughs> baseball could probably beat the Orioles and I would not wouldn't, disagree with wouldn't, that. Wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, but look, here, there is. We were named two weeks ago and we maintained it again this week. Number one farm system in the league. Something yep. to be proud of. Uh, you've got Bowie who's doing really well. Who actually uh, tagged us in something. We might try to work out. Either. We're going to maybe try to work something out this year. But if it doesn't work out this year, we're definitely going to do something next year. They have invited us to do a live show at the Bay Sox Stadium. So we're going to figure that out. That actually just this all just came to fruition like yeah. today, last night, and this morning. So. Yeah. So if it doesn't happen to, uh, this year, it'll definitely happen next year. We'll plan an outing for everybody to come out there. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully by then, all the good prospects have moved up and past the, the we'll Bay Sox at that point. good guys like... Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we'll yeah. see all the 2021 draft well, class in Bowie. Well, and, you know, in Bowie right now, they, one of the things they were promoting uh, for tonight was a 630 game. Grayson Rodriguez, they were giving away a koozie about him. But uh, he did really well on Saturday. He threw five innings. He had nine Ks. He gave up two runs on three hits. <clears throat> on the year, 21-year-old guy. Remember this. 144 strikeouts. Hold in- on. 
144 strikeouts in how many innings? 90 innings. Yeah, that's ridiculous. He's averaging almost a strikeout and a half per inning, yeah. which is crazy. Uh, it, his case per nine, 14.4 average. Mm-hmm. 24 walks. That's the bigger number. Yeah. 24 walks in 90 innings. Yeah, that's impressive. 2.6 ERA uh, in 20 starts so far for the year. Just for those of you that can't do quick math, that's one every four innings. Yeah, he's as advertised. And you know what? He, at the level that he's at right now, he doesn't really even have to pitch smart to dominate. You understand what I'm saying? Like, when he gets to the major league level and he actually has to use his brain and he has to use some of these, you know... pitch location and changing of speeds and 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 when he actually unlocks some of his mechanics i really think this guy is going to be the the total package of that top just, of the rotation kind just of guy don't fuck with him too much i yeah, thought oh, 100 i, agree. I, don't think I thought the catcher did all those things <laughs> the catcher doesn't do all those things Adley's moved up and he's still performing it's okay <laughs> catcher the catcher control everything the uh, but no so the, uh, the, the one other thing right that happened we're going to hit this and we're going to get into two quick questions i want to ask you guys we talked about this uh, last week, actually, and then we saw it come to fruition this this week. Jorge Lopez is moved to the bullpen, and he's embraced it. No other corresponding mm-hmm. moves, but he has embraced his role so far. He looked okay. He, he looked decent. He should embrace the fact that he's got a job in the major leagues right now. He's, he's going to be a good middle <laughs> reliever. He only has to face once, maybe <laughs> twice around the lineup. <laughs> Not three. I, I Ryan, love- such a dick. Uh, but, I, yes, it, I, I, listen, I think that that's going to be his saving grace. He's got the ability. He's got – he again, he can get guys out for a stretch. It's that second or third time through the rotation that that, that always it's is what, It's especially the third. That's what Adit's saying. Go yeah. ahead, James. I just love hearing Brandon Hyatt after the game because it's like, what more can you say? How bad <laughs> <laughs> you so bad like, He's like, can we yeah, go back to a just, shortened season? And, <laughs> yeah. And it's always like when I get off of work when the game's over. So I'm driving. I'm just dying. I'm like, what can you possibly say? Like, this guy looked great tonight. This, nah. no. There's yeah. not a whole lot of positives. That's why we have to talk so much about the, the, yeah. the down on the well, farm. Well, let's, let's talk for a second. Speaking of the farm, right? DJ Stewart kind oh, of really oh, – uh, when it, is that project over? Right, exactly. It, we got brought back up to memory with the whole hide thing because in that same game, DJ Stewart, on a fly ball, a routine fly ball, he falls down in that game. But this past weekend, he, on Saturday, he runs into the wall twice on fly balls, misses both of them, and almost gets hurt on both of them. I get, I, Look, I appreciate the effort, but the guy, his bat is is good at times. At Damn. times. Oh, he, he's, it's not worth Hold it. Hold on, Scott threw him under the bus. This guy gave your son a ball. He did. Oh my God. <laughs> technically, he didn't. I was at the game technically, with my son. No, he did. He, I'll give him, I said he's a nice guy, right? He threw my son a ball. But he's just clumsy as fuck. Well, well, what, I didn't tell you, what I didn't tell you guys in that story is that's like the fifth or sixth time he's tried throwing the ball to Wyatt, and every other time it's been way the other way around. Somewhere in front, behind, to the right, to the left. Oh, it's been crazy. But look, give him a bigger target. Right. I got an orange catcher's man. If he can't hit that, we got a problem. Anyway, it got me thinking. Catcher's <laughs> Diaz, Diaz has had some struggles Even recently. Even I don't take a catcher's mitt to an Oreo game. All right, all right. So hold on, time out. There are levels of weirdos at baseball games. You got kids with gloves, cute. You got an adult. You got Scots with catcher's mitt. Without a glove, mitts. that's fine. You got an adult with a glove, little weird. 
A door with a catcher hold on, hold on a second. in the outfield? Hold on a second. What has, are we doing? Has anybody in this room? Hold on. Bright, before bright, before you hear me out, has anybody? Orange. It's bright orange. Too. Oh, so does he wear it as a hat? Because he wears it as a hat. It makes more sense. It's a Scott, black. You set yourself up. It's a black bit that. with orange. Whatever. It gives him a target. Whatever. Anyway, as far off. as taking a glove, I'm going to tell you this. I dare you to catch a home run with your bare hand because you'll do it once and you'll never ever do well, it again. All right. Again, but a glove is designed to catch a fly ball. Catcher's mitt. Professional catchers I'm not catching fly it. balls a lot because a catcher's mitt is very hard to use to do it. I'm not it's using a it. Solid piece of steel, baby. Scott's out there like the manual. Scott's out there oh like the God. manual. Hit it here, sign like here. Hit it here. <laughs> Look, it's got a target on it. If you can't hit it for the kid, you shouldn't be in the majors. That's all I'm saying. I think it's good to sit on because it's like that round. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a donut. Anyway, all right, moving along, moving along, because we got to get through this this Oriole segment. So Diaz has had some struggles recently. He's a guy, I'm talking about Stewart and replacing him. Diaz is a guy that's had some struggle, struggles recently. You may catch a ball with a beer. Okay, John, I'm going to challenge you to catch a home run ball with a beer. Hey, I saw, I saw a man, a baby. I saw a man yeah, drop a baby, baby, catch a ball, and catch the baby midair. With that's a man. With that is a man. You know, you know what that man, you know happened to that if, man? If, that if man, there's a bar. That man got his ass reamed out by his wife that uh, I'm sure he did. Right but he was like, hey, babe, it all worked out. Baby's good. I got a ball. Exactly. They do top 10s where they're catching balls like this, like it's nothing. Scott's like, have you? Never catch a hand. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, 105 miles, 120 that, miles an hour off the bat. Go ahead and catch it. I dare you. you you'll do it hands. once and you'll never do it again. No, I've that, done it. I will never do it again. Because you got so, those soft hands. Real quick, I, I, I need time this. And also for those wondering about when Grayson Rodriguez will get the AAA, Eric Arditi from Barstool, friend of the show, tweeted something about uh, buying gas cans in Norfolk. Looks like Grayson could finish in AAA. And that that I'm hopeful. I, I really yeah. am. I think that that'd be a good projection projection for him to get to AAA, get a little bit of a taste of that, and then start there more than likely next season. Okay, let me get to the question I've hold been on, trying. Hold on. Drew, Drew no, had a comment. My my rebuttal to that would be, uh, I know Bowie's like I think they got like a game or two. They they own like the second, second spot team, in, yeah. in their league. Right. You'd much rather have him still pitching in a Bowie for the rest of the year because if they're playing playoff games. There's a more likelihood you're playing more games, whereas Norfolk, once the season ends, they're below point. 500, so they're done. That's a good that point. Actually, that's that's that, uh, yeah. what the Bay Sox were talking to us about today, was that yeah. this upcoming week would be the last week unless they make the playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah. next week, the 13th through the, the 19th. So, right. But my question was, Diaz has had some struggles recently. If we're talking about just replacing Stewart, it, it's, you know, w could we see Diaz in September? I think we kind of are all probably in agreement. It would be really nice to see Diaz. Just get him up here, see what he can do in September. It's not costing anything. And just stop the DJ Stewart experiment. Yeah, DJ Stewart, it needs to go. Uh, yeah. Listen, like you said, Diaz hasn't been playing great, but I do want to see him up here. At some point, you got to at least give the kid a shot. He had all this potential, uh, and it's just sitting there dying away at AAA. You got to bring him up. So, outside, I'm going to say this outside of Adley and Michael Ballman, those are the two that I'm going to put off limits for this. What's one guy that you would really like to see in September? Kyle Bradish. Okay. Drew, okay. steal my answer. I'm sorry. You know I would answer. You know I, I had to get it in before you said anything. Yeah. It's, fine if it's, it's fine if they're the same. That's fine. That's the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Bradish. Uh, I still, I, I still want to see Nevin up here too. He was up here for like a cup of coffee and then he went back down. Uh, Newstrom, another guy, oh, left, yeah, left-handed yeah, yeah, bat. I, you know, obviously, I think that would work well at Camden Yards. So I'd like to see all those guys. Uh, Ryan wants to see his girl. 
<laughs> he yeah, wants to see dude. Janice. Janice. Janice, Janice, oh, Janice. Janice actually started in Bowie tonight. Janice. Well, you can <laughs> yes. stay in Bowie because Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't uh, wait to see that lady on the mound. I bet you're cute. You guys said. You guys actually said <laughs> it. So like it's Lynch. funny that we're all on the same page. That it, it really would be uh, Radish or Newstrom that we would want to see. So yeah. we're really excited to see that. The one other question I had. So I, I was wondering. Last this, question. All your questions last, are cut off after this. Last one. What if they should have brought Janice up for that all ladies broadcast? Anyways, when it comes to Trey Mancini, Mm -hmm. on Saturday he was he wasn't playing first base again, and I feel like I haven't seen him play first base in a while. And so I looked. He's played first base once in the past four series. Prior to that, it was kind of you know spot every other game type thing. Yeah. Are they DHing him too much? No. It became Mountcastle's spot, though. and and that's the thing. I think out of both of those guys, Mountcastle needs the most work. Yeah. We know what we're going to get out of Mancini being at first base, and that's a and it's a average okay. to a little bit above average first baseman. Mountcastle, he's obviously proven that he can't play outfield at the major league level. He's definitely not playing third base at the major league level. His spot outside of DH is going to be first base, and I think right now, forty and ninety team. He needs to get as much and work looked, as he He's can. looked well. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm glad you guys are on the same page because there were – I was curious to see if you guys would go this route. I didn't think you would. But, but there's some people on social media that were saying, oh, is this a result of the health for him? It, it, no. Maybe he's saying, like, he needs – we're not going to be ever be This guy was in the finals of the home run derby. Did you see the ridiculous right. amount of effort that had to go into that? Exactly. No. So he, I think he's fine. I think it's there. I think it's – we're all on the same page. This is to give Mountcastle the work while out without taking his, his bat out of the lineup because he did have his, his Friday – on Friday, his single to right, his mm-hmm. 600th career hit. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I hope Mancini's here for a long time in an Oriole uniform. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. What did Jerry and the crew hook us up so with? So we've got a, we've actually got two things this week. So the first one is uh, from Flying Dog. This is one that I've had. I actually at first had it in an Oriole game. This is one of my favorites. This is really good, uh, especially when it's cold. You're welcome. Yeah, okay. thank you. Uh, it's <laughs> this is Flying that. Dog's that should numero. be a given, but, you know, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. That's the inside joke no one's aware of. Yet. Drink that uh, lukewarm beer. It, it's numero uno. It's a Mexican lager. It has a it has a Corona-esque taste to it, but it's you can tell the craftness to it, if that sounds right. Yeah. Um, so that was that's a good one. So the other one that and they've got that at liquor stop. The other one that this is one that Jerry hooked me up with last week, and I got it again. I got I got to show him this I, numero uno can though, yes. bro, because yours is see, see through as all is hell. There's <laughs> <laughs> the numero numero uno. Messi if you're Walker. a flying dog fan, to me, it's it's, it's one of their top beers. So before have. you go over the other thing that you have, I want you to grab that red cup over there. The red oh. cup. We always talk about doing this. I'm uh, cup. About getting your reactions to beer live. Because sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Have you guys had this yet? No. I, 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 no I None of them have had it. This is the only one. This is going to be fun. Is this bad? This is the only one. I don't know, oh, but we're zooming in on this. Tell me what it is. This is no. Smoogie Box. Oh. Oh, That's all like we're going to know. Smoogie Box. This is from Imprint don't. Beer Company. And this is the Smoogie Style Ale with mango, passion fruit, key lime pie, and cheesecake. Yeah. Oh man, I, wish I was drinking. I mean, it That's sounds like a fat me. boy heaven. I want to so try it live on air. Tell us what you think. Bad. It's actually not bad. Oh, right? <laughs> it's not bad. It actually, so I, I, I fully expected this to be tart, you know, the way when you I, set it up. I know. I did it on it's purpose. Got a, it's, got a hint, it's got a hint of a tart, but it's more sweet. 
It's I, you can taste the kind of cakiness to it. Uh, you can taste the cakiness. I also kind of said it had that. I would actually it. drink this. This is actually really good. You want some more? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's I juicy. Ass. If you guys want a cup, you can have some. I haven't even drank out of this yet, but the it, it is really good. So head up to to liquor stop, and they'll be able to set. They're up not even going to be able to pronounce it. They're be like, I want that thing that Scott just, had. Ju just it, well, if you tell them it's that the it's the one, beer. it's the one with passion fruit and cheesecake. No wait. Please go up to the liquor stop and say, I'd like the beer that Scott had on Birdland BS. Because I really want to videotape the responses. So I yeah. want to know how this goes. What's it called? One more time for the fans. It's called Smoogie Box. Smoogie Box. Or uh, just give me their week's IPA. <laughs> all right. So what's the other thing that you got? That, so that, this uh, we, is the one that we love. We all love. Yeah, we had this a couple weeks ago. This is uh, Austin East Cider's Watermelon Cider. So for you fi uh, cider fans out there that Clear have only kind of had the palate for apple ciders they have all different types of ciders they've got pineapple ciders they've got black cherry ciders they've got all kinds of ciders and honestly i said this a couple weeks ago i love watermelon the fruit but i am not usually a watermelon flavored fan like i don't like things that are flavored watermelon watermelon jolly ranchers suck love jolly ranchers. Real watermelons. watermelon jolly ranchers suck this is good this is really good it's sweet uh, it's not overly watermelon. Um, it's not super acidic like most ciders are. Some ciders I can't drink because I get really bad heartburn from it. This one doesn't do that. So it's Austin East Ciders Watermelon Cider. It's also greens and transparent, but if you can get it, <laughs> this would be it. So make sure you get up to Liquor Stop. Tell Jerry and the crew Birdland BS sent you. Get your 10% off. Hey, Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> It's shell and sell time, Ryan. We haven't done this in a minute. It's been quite some time. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes. Hey, I don't even have to pee. Look how good that picture is. There it is. Look at that. Oh, man. So, it's been a while, uh, but this is an exciting week for us. It's an exciting week for Terp fans. Maybe. Football <laughs> is getting ready to finally return. I down probably. at Capital One. Most likely we'll I be think in the so. Stadium. Right? Maybe? It's Four days? Yeah. <laughs> Four days away, and I still can't feel super comfortable. It took literally till this last Saturday till I would discuss the game with anyone. Right. I was just waiting for that rug to be ripped out from under me. It was too many times last year. They're like, yeah, we're playing full season. Don't worry. No fans. We're going to do the full season. Never mind. Just Big Ten. <laughs> Never mind. Cancel. Bring it on back. I, I, who knows what happened? But, yeah. So I'm just waiting. But it looks like we're good. It looks like like we're going to be in that stadium, and, and I missed it. Well, I can tell you one thing that's not going to be in that stadium that's a little disappointing. A lot. It's something real big, and I think something that not only were we excited as fans to experience, but if you're going to have a game like West Virginia to kick off the year, you're probably going to have a lot of up-and-coming recruits at this game. Yep. Uh, so this was going to be a big selling point, I think, towards some of those recruits. But the big board, the big new prize down at Capital One is not going to be ready. Yeah, and honestly, I was told that that it's not going to be ready and that it's going to be ready week three or four, which I don't believe because I, you know, I work for right now. It's just poles. But that's what I was going to say. So it was just holes, two mm. giant pits in the ground two weeks ago. But yesterday there was a picture with four giant steel graders. And it's paved. So the next step is you bring a crane in, you put the thing there, and you bolt it up. That takes like a day, right? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> How long? I mean, I guess this concrete has to cure for six weeks before you put weight bearing on it or something. There's got to be some 
something that I don't understand. But as far as mounting a already pre, they're not building the screen in place. They're just right. bolting it to the poles. Yeah. So so maybe it will be done in the three weeks that they say. Maybe we will get to see it this year as long as they let us go to all the games. Um, I kind of feel like you'll just stop letting us go to the game and then hang it up and make us look at on TV. All right, well, <laughs> let, let, let's not be completely negative about everything. As John brings up, there is some good news around this squad. The script is back. The white jerseys are back. I'm excited. I, I love these older kind of retro looking. We got excited about the red jerseys last year with the red script and all that red script helmets. Uh, it's back now as a full-time go for the uniforms. Yeah, he says it wouldn't be College Park if construction ever finished. That's true. Uh, these, <laughs> That's these, true. These uniforms on the players, they look great. Yeah. On the fans, they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the fan version of this uniform looks like a German hockey jersey. I don't I don't understand, but on the players, it looks amazing. He's making me feel real bad because I got it sitting at home right now waiting for me to wear it on Saturday. Really? Yes. <laughs> Dude, you were the first one that said German hockey jersey. No, that was James. I oh, didn't what? say it. I was the one who sent the picture. I ordered it right away. I'm surprised. Usually Fred just waits and orders the authentics off their backs nah. next week. That's the first white one that hit the market and I ordered it. I like it. It actually looks better in person than it does in the pictures. Oh. I'll give it to well, you. I'm going to wear that one sitting on your chair then. Yeah, you can wear that one. That's fine. Uh, all right, man. So they also released today uh, the depth chart. There were a couple of guest guys on this roster that we were still kind of questioning who was going to be starting uh, on the offensive line, specifically the center position and what that meant for the right side of the line. Uh, we knew that, you know, the, the transfer coming in, Eric, uh, Harris. Eric Harris uh, was projected to be the starter at center. But he hadn't been there yet. But he hadn't been there yet. Depth chart comes out. And again, it's just a depth chart. It doesn't mean anything especially in college football exactly they don't but, actually have to provide one but he was listed <laughs> as center number one yes he was listed as center number one again especially with the terps death chart seems to mean nothing right because last year loxley put out a depth chart for week one and then just sent them the same one for every game even though they had players out for covid and players yeah. starting different things so it doesn't mean a lot but it's it is at least something it means that they're hopeful that this is going to be it it also lets our starting right guard move back to his position so we have a very solid front five and a little bit of depth, not as much as we want. We, right. we would like a little bit more depth here on the line, but our starting five should be legit. Any surprises to you that were either on the depth chart higher, not on the depth chart at all? Like for me, when I just kind of quickly glance at this thing, obviously my eyes go straight to the running back position because I always look at the skill positions, right? And I did not see Penny Boone listed in the depth chart yeah well i think that running back is just one of those things we're so deep at you are gonna have it's me town fleet davis right and then about four dudes have the same amount of carries and receptions <laughs> right so i i don't i don't i don't know that any of the, the two or three matters i think two through five is all the same thing right um one of the things that kind of stood out to me is actually um on punt return so punt return they have the starter list is terheeb steel with all the Man. The, the talent we have at wide receiver, we have a, and speed and speed everywhere. We have a cornerback doing punt returns. Now, the last time that happened at Maryland, it was William Likely, and it was the only fun thing that happened the whole time William Likely was there was his punt and kick returns. I used to joke that we should punt on first down so we get Will Likely back on the field. So I saw your comparison <laughs> in the chat room earlier today. You mentioned Will Will Likely. And I get it from a positional standpoint, but they're built totally Completely different. different. Completely built totally different. different. Like a small, quick, 
you know. Yeah, and still looks like Jimmy Smith but being will, out there returning kicks. I will say that if Still is the is equally capable to the other players, it is nice to have the defensive player out there because it takes away a lot of the fake punt type situations. It gives you your leader out there. You already you're not pulling people in and off the field for that. Kind of gives you your captain of the special teams. He's already going to be there. On third down, but so a guy organizing to start with, but a guy like Marcus Fleming, who isn't projected to be one of the top five wide receivers on the squad, who was projected to be the fastest guy on the roster, he's not out there. That's kind of surprising to me. I feel like that would be a good role. Maybe it's a hands thing. Maybe he doesn't have the ability to field punts. Uh, like because again, that takes a special set of skills. It's not just because you're a wide receiver, you're gonna be able to field punts successfully. No, I agree with you. But Locke seems to not worry about not a starter because when you look at this depth chart, both at kick return and punt return, you have Jarrett, Demas, uh, Still, J- Jarrett, and Jones. These are all. I'm not going to argue against any players. of them. Yeah. Like so, he's not worried about the injury risk in that in Apparently that scenario not. versus any other play. Like you said, with J.K. Dobbins, injuries can happen on any play. Yes, punt return is a little bit more dangerous, and kick return is a little bit more dangerous. But with today's rules, how much more dangerous is it? You right. have all these fair catches. You had the halo back in the day. Like, we have watered it down enough where you're not just getting decleated every time you catch the ball. Right. Now that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, listen, I. We talked about it. It ends. How excited we are just to get back out there. How it, how much we're anticipating this year, right? Just because I think that this <laughs> we say this fucking every year, but I every really year. I really feel like this is a year we have a legit shot at going bowling. We have consistency at the quarterback position, like you said earlier. When's the last time we could say that? Uh, we we are just loaded at the skill position, specifically wide receiver. Our, our secondary is so deep. Our linebackers are really good. Our defensive line is much improved and really deep as well. There's just a lot to be yeah. excited about with this squad. You talked about Fleming being the fastest player. So I listened to Hear the Turtle, which is the Maryland uh, sponsored podcast like from the actual yeah. university. Yep. Um, and they've had a bunch of players on. They always ask who's the fastest player, right? Right. Everybody says themselves pretty much when they're in the skills position. And then they are forced to say somebody else. And there's been a bunch of different answers. A couple of them have said our boy Ruben. And today... As the fastest guy on the squad? at 250. That's what I'm telling you. Linebacker at 250 pounds. And today was Mason Lunford, an offensive lineman that was on there. And he was asked who's the fastest squad. Of course, he didn't lie and say himself. He's the first honest person. Right. (laughs) And he said that it was Ruben. And so that was the first time where I was like, oh my. You know what that means? Uh, that if he doesn't get hurt, it's an NFL lock. That means that <laughs> we have an Odafe Owe on the fucking Terps. <laughs> a 4-3, linebacker. The fastest guy on the field we're, is a linebacker. If and he's a middle linebacker. If it's true, we're going to find out. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Listen, I, and what, what we saw, saw last year, he didn't know where to go, but he knew how to get there. Yeah. He was quick. Yeah, his sideline. So we talk about sideline to sideline yeah. speed because we're privy to that, obviously, with Ray Lewis and what he did for years here in Baltimore. He's got that kind of athleticism. And they say this man. year he's put it together, so he's going to know where to go. And, and it could be a big season. And you know what makes me even feel better about that linebacker core? We talked to Ahmed on the show about it numerous times. Brandon Jennings, the freshman line, the linebacker that's behind him, that even if Ruben's got to come out and take a breather, you got a guy, a five-star linebacker like Brandon Jennings, pushing him behind him that has been getting rave reviews too. So, again, it's not like – 
where we've been in the past, we've had these spotty good players where if one injury happens, we're fucked. <laughs> we've actually got really good depth behind these pieces. It, it's yes, that's still the tackle. It's Please exciting. Stay healthy tackles. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that we does not to, go to the offensive, offensive line. Tackles need to stay in place. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So before we get into the actual West Virginia game in itself. What because we talked about going bowling this year, what is your realistic expectations? Because listen, I've I've seen some shit out there on Twitter, some other newscasts and whatnot that have put their predictions out there. Most everybody still has the Terps at the bottom of the Big Ten or real close to the bottom of the Big Ten. I haven't seen one national prediction for us to be bowling at the end of the year. Are we too much a homer, or do you really think that this is the year? I mean, we're going to find out quickly. Yeah. I mean, West Virginia is a good measuring stick. They're not the best team in the league. They're not the worst team in the league. They have a, some some highly rated things they did last year, but they didn't play Oklahoma in the Big 12 last year, and the, the teams they beat were the bottom of the Big 12, and the teams they lost to were the top of the Big 12. Right. So you're going to find out pretty quickly this is a good measuring stick. If we lose... It's going to be sketchy. <laughs> I'm putting your feet to the fire. I'm putting your feet to the fire. What do you have on a season projection for this I team? I have a 7 and 6 and I'm not telling you how we got there. A 7 and 6. Yep. Huh? I'm not telling you if we went 6 and 6 and won the bowl or if we went 7 and 5 and lost, but we went 7 and 6. All I right. thought we have 12 games. Oh, you're talking about the the play-in with, weird game no, or whatever? With, I'm saying with the bowl. I'm oh, with the bowl. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you whether we went 6-6 six and six and won the bowl. Oh, or, or, I got you. All <laughs> right. Or 7-5 right. and won the so, bowl. So our, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as you say, John Gug says 6-6 uh, six and six with an 8-4 and four ceiling. Oh, I like that. I like that. 8-4 and four is a really high ceiling. I would love I to see us hit that ceiling. 7-5 regular season is the ceiling, but, yeah. I, you know, we'll see. I, I think because we hit this... There, that's where that's where my prediction is there. Because if we hit seven and five, we're going to get into a bowl we probably shouldn't be in. Yeah, and therefore we're going to lose it. And if we go six and six, our six and six in the Big Ten loaded East is probably better than whoever the hell we're playing gotcha. in that six and six bowl. So I'm going to go the opposite of what you went. I'm going to go six and seven, and I'm not going to tell you how we get there. <laughs> so we're going to be off by one game. I can't homer and just say, yeah, I'm right there with you. Then we're going to go seven and six. I'll go six and seven. I would love to see eight and four. Eight and four means everything that Loxley and crew is doing is working. No injuries. The offensive line was good, and everything kind of fell our way if eight and four Fr is what it Fred's, Fred's math doesn't work. He told us what we have to do. So in order to get to a bowl, we have to go six and six. So you're saying we lose the bowl game. Maybe, maybe. Mine's the unpredictable one. John, John Car. Car, three wins. Uh, so you're right there with a lot of the national pundits. And listen, I'm not going to argue against it because when you look at the, the schedule, it is tough to find six or seven like confident wins. You know, we we've had some schedules in the past where we're like, oh yeah, that's a confident win. That's a confident win. We did this last year. <laughs> right. A, a lot of things got to go right for this team to get to six and seven wins. I just think that this team has that kind of ability. And I think this defense is severely underrated on a national level because, again, they're going to have a pass rush presence that they haven't had in years past, and that secondary is going to be very, very locked down. So teams are not going to be able to throw against us, run the ball against us, not like they have in the past. That defensive front's going to get way more of a push than they've ever had. He's got so much more size on that defensive line. Overall, that defensive line is just, or that defensive unit is much better than it has well, been. And they focused, they focused on what their biggest issue was last year. They were getting a lot of points scored on them last year. Right. Right. So what did they do? They went and kind of sure that up. The, the thing that I think that, in my opinion, needs to be tempered a little bit and why I think, I think four 
I think four wins, maybe pushing five, is where they'll wind up. Because until, Go back to the split screen, Ryan. It's just you and I now. We get the four wins last year in a in a eight game season. If we would have got to play Michigan State, finish finish your finish your reason. <laughs> good. I'm just joking. We've seen we've seen before where they look good on paper, mm-hmm. and right now that's where they're at. We haven't seen them go, and I think Ryan has a great point. This this first game is going to tell you all you need to know about this team. Yes and no. It'll tell you whether we're going to get three wins. If we, I, if we lose this, we're getting three I, I, wins. If we win, we are not getting three wins. We're I, getting way more than I that. agree with it, and I don't agree with it, because if that was the truth, we absolutely slaughtered Howard in our first game and slaughtered Syracuse in our second game last year. So we would have thought that – because right after those two games, Ryan and I was like, fucking, we're going seven or eight wins. like out of the, And then the whole shipped – like turned so the first to second game really can't tell you everything it'll be a good measuring stick well, yeah, that, that team was also the one that had took ohio state to double overtime and almost right. went bowling the year before like they weren't they were better than the the end result our offensive line fell apart yeah. we're, we're again we, this year too if we lose offensive tackles they could be right yeah like even if we lose one offensive tackle we could win three games but if our offensive line stays stays true we'll be all right Go ahead, James. You, and you lose to the Rutgers, too. Rutgers is a much improved football team. From where they were years past, Rutgers is a much bo- uh, better football team. Not but I still up. think we're not losing to Rutgers. No way we're losing to Rutgers. All right, so let's let's get into this West Virginia game a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about what West Virginia brings to the table. Uh, as their offense returns eight starters from last year's team, uh, Jarrett Dodge or Doge, I think, is back and has hey, Dogecoin. 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 <laughs> We're hoping it's the Dogecoin price now and not uh, in March. He's he's a little bit of a wild card. Uh, from what I've heard about this guy, is sometimes he can take too many risks during the game, Sounds which great. bodes well for our secondary. Uh, so it, it really is going to depend on how honed in he can stay, how collected that he can stay. If if Maryland. Here's the thing. If Maryland jumps out early and gets a one or two score lead early, that's a wrap. I think the Ravens or <laughs> the Ravens. I think the Terps win the game handedly because then it sends Doge into a panic mode and our secondary is just going to feast. Look like a Maryland Northwestern game from last year. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I agree with you. We have to make him beat us because that's your option to put him against Nick Cross, still Hazel that are going to be ball hawking cornerbacks for us because their best of returning is Letty Brown, their running back. Uh, he came back, electric back, averaging 120 all-purpose yards. He's that J.K. Dobbins type, can receive out of the backfield. He averaged, I think he had 30 receptions last year yep. in that shortened season. First um, team all Big 12 first last Big 10, year. All 12. So yeah. you don't want him to beat you. So you want to stack that box and you want to let your let your stars play out there in that def- on the, uh, the defensive backs. Force this quarterback to beat us, and we'll be all right. Right. They're, they're another team very similar to us. Uh, has a decent offensive line, but their depth is questionable. So if you start to see flies dropping on the offensive line, all that's going to do is bode well again for Maryland. Um, they've, they're a very young group, so they're an up-and-coming group. Uh, their strength is really going to be their pass defense versus our, our loaded wide receiver core. Yep. How does that matchup kind of work? Uh I'll put money all day on the Terps just with how much talent that we have. Not just in our starting three. Not just not just Rock. Not just, you know, Demas. Not just Jason. They've got so many options. Brian Cobb, he's another one I think is in, in line for a big year. They're loaded at wide receiver. So this is one of those years with our loaded wide receivers where I'd like to see locks go to a four or five wide set, but this is not the game for it. 
because WVU plays a 3-3-5. So this mm. is the game that you need to show off these new tight ends that we've been talking about. Yeah. This is a game where point. you put those big bodies on those Chig. little cornerbacks and go off. Yeah. Chigakonkwo coming back from injury. I know you and I are excited. What we've seen in practice and what we saw in the spring game, he looks good, and it looks like him and Talia have a good relationship already. You got baby Gronk back there, right? He's going to be a freshman, still trying to get his feet wet and whatnot. But, Let's uh, hope he plays a lot, because if he does, we're looking all right. Right. <laughs> That's true, too. That is true. I Listen, I, I like our tight end group, too. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be all for that. What do you think this game ends up? Do you think the Terps have it in them to win it? Is this one of the seven games that you have as the Terps winning? Yeah, I got us winning. I think uh, 28-17. I got us winning this pretty good. 28-17. Okay, so the score is a little off from where I, I have the Terps winning this, but I have it in a closer game. I've got it in the 30, like, 27 range. I think the Terps win it uh, on an Anthony Pecorella field goal to win it. All right, Ant. Let's go. <laughs> Uh. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's rundown. And where do you want to start? Who do you want to go first? Uh, let's let me unmute myself here. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with uh, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yours is a, l- a longer story, and you, you, it okay. has a personal touch for you. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier uh, in the show, I got my first exposure, first chance to go to a PGA event live. <laughs> Careful saying exposure nowadays. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Uh, I ended up going down to the BMW tournament down at Caves Valley uh, on Friday. It, it was a lot of fun. It was hot as hell, uh, but it was a really cool experience. And I know you you watch it on TV, for those that do watch golf. Uh, you know, you see the fans and how close they get to the spec, you know, to the to the, to the actual action. I just didn't know like if though if that meant like you had to spend more money to get that close or anything. Literally. I paid a general admission ticket, $75, and I was right up on the tee box in camera view, everything, next to Bryson DeChambeau. Once I got up there and I saw him, I fell in love, and I followed him for the next nine holes of the course. There's just something about DeChambeau and what he brings to the game of golf that is just super entertaining. Like, Tiger Woods obviously was transcending because of multiple reasons. He had the whole racial factor and all that stuff. But everything that Bryson brings to the table as far as just he's a kind of douchey. I get that. And some of the stuff that he whines about, I get that. I understand why some people don't like him. But Ryan, for instance, right, he's not a big baseball fan, but he loves like home run derbies. He loves the exciting things about baseball. What Bryson brings, he brings excitement to golf, right? He He's that long drive guy. And I think this video here, which was <laughs> on the first hole, is a good example of what I'm talking about, right? You got fans there right behind him on the first hole. He pulls out iron and they boo it. He's laughing about it because they all want to see him hit driver, right? And he's just laughing, having a good time. What's he do? the fucking crowd goes great and he it's, shows it to him he played to him right he played to the crowd man it's just I, I love that about it like i've never been one that was like oh yeah i can't wait to go to a golf event like way to go brucey it, it's just it was a lot of fun and then obviously for the tournament to play out the way it did uh he had a six foot putt miss to shoot a 59 on saturday was which unreal yeah. uh they go to what six playoff holes and candlelay <laughs> I mean, just Bryson sticking with it. this guy. Bryson, yeah, Bryson had many opportunities to win this thing. 
uh, had a winning putt three different times on the playoff holes and missed all three of them. Credit to him, too, because in one of those playoff holes, he recovered it after a shot in the water. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so Patrick Cantlay wins the tournament 27 under par, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, and this is, listen, like I said, I walked this entire course, which is extremely hilly, mind you. It's, it's, it's a lot of fucking walking. Uh, but... I had never been to Caves Valley before. And Caves Valley, for those who don't know, it's a member-only golf course, like a $100,000 entry to even get into the club. It's, the course is beautiful. TV did not do it justice. Uh, and for me, being a very, very below-average golfer, I look at that course and I'm like, I would fucking suck at this course. And these guys, I mean, look like they could have played this course in their sleep. It was, I mean, they, the drives that they had, DeChambeau was hitting them 340, 350 yards, no problem. Driving the green almost they on par fours. played 24 holes, and on the 24th hole, he almost drove the green again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, it's just a really, really cool time. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it, just to, for it to be local, too, I right. think it's pretty cool. So uh, mine is going up uh, 95 a little bit to New York. Uh, the controversy that's happening uh, with the Mets and Javi Baez in reference <laughs> to uh, here recently, they they have started putting thumbs down anytime something happens, right, that's good for them. And so when asked about it, several of the players, like Kevin Pillar was like, uh, you know, oh, it's just, you know, we're just having fun, joking around, you know, da, da, da. Yeah. Well, Javi Baez went, went all in. So in his interview, he said the, cel- the, the celebration is a message to the fans that have booed him and others. He said, in my case, they, the fans, got to be better. Baez said, it's just how I feel. I love the fans. I like playing for the fans, but we can't have our fans against us. So I can get it a little bit, the player, you don't want it, but guess what? If you're not performing, you're not doing well, your fans are booing. So The fans pay the money to cheer and boo. They have every right to boo this guy if he sucks. This whole fucking soft-ass country that we live in is ridiculous. Millions of dollars while these people take their paychecks to go to these fucking games. Exactly. Exactly. They can do what they want when you guys perennially underachieve and they just throw money at the club it doesn't matter they're back to 500 yeah, every goddamn right. year and and the Mets president Sandy Alderson hey. uh, the Mets president Sandy Alderson actually said fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment booing is every fan's right the Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or directed in a negative way towards our fans and he went on to kind of go a little bit for a little bit more and say like they're they're not going to be allowed to do it they're not they're going to be on top of them the fans have a right because they're paying they're the ones that are there some of it to your point I think is a little bit of of club talk <sighs> time's gonna tell because this all only came out in the past two days we'll talk more about this in the after hours I don't want to go off too much of a tangent Ryan yeah. what do you got this week for your uh, rundown topic I don't even know because it's like a mystery. <laughs> I, I went with your suggested topic. You're right. It's right down my alley. You guys have heard it. Like, there's different levels of high school football. You know, you got Falston High School. You know, then you got like Dematha Catholic. Then you got like the IMGs and the St. Francis. Well, there's this whole new level. Next level. <laughs> next level. Unlimited. Next level. You never heard of it. Yeah. So good that you got to go to YouTube to find out where their imaginary campus is <laughs> and how imaginarily awesome it is. Bishop Sycamore was just playing on ESPN against IMG Academy. I don't know if you find that as playing on this. <laughs> First of all, you knew it was bullshit from the get. 
Number one, this is one of those pay-for-play shits like you see in college basketball where you're just buying a win. They already knew <laughs> on paper this was it. You got IMG Academy with 300 dudes, most of them four and five stars, playing against a team with 30 people on it. <laughs> I don't even know what was that, actually. I think it was like 18. They were playing both ways all the way across the board. This all is made up. They're all fake. They're not high schoolers. There is no high school. They're like They're junior like, college there's kids. There's JUCO people. There's 12-year-olds. There's whoever they can find. So they could just charge schools to play them, pocket this money, scam it out. And this hasn't even happened yet. I'm just going to put it out here because it... Oh, they pissed off the wrong people who found out everything that's ever happened. Oh, this tweet oh, thread I, that was on went on for forever. Ever. I will bet you more comes because if the if you're willing to go to this level to scam people to get money and you're doing a fake high school to play fake football games for real money, guess what else they're doing? They're going to have a fake charter school and there'll be fake federal government money that they took from people and they're all going to jail. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so enjoy your football games to, while they to last. To John's point, the other the other portion of this. The coach has an active arrest warrant out. Yeah. And so the shocker. What's <laughs> a criminal? Always a criminal. <laughs> Dude, you didn't even do a good yeah. job. Did like, you? bro, if you're going to fake a team, fucking make it look like a team. Did you see the ESPN clip where the, the teams ran out of the tunnel? It literally looked like the longest yard, like yes. the fucking prison guys <laughs> running out of the tunnel. There was like what a, the a Walmart security guard yes. in there. There was like Wyatt rolling out of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, man. Well, their, uh, their lead trainer was a mother in shorts. <laughs> it's it's she's just she's just a lady that's with the con artist. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that week. I'm pretty sure they had guys my age on that roster. Yeah. Drew, what did you get for this week's rundown? Uh, the NFL just, just finds every every year decides to find some kind of little rule to throw in there to piss fans off. No fun league. So yeah. this year it decided to, let, to up the taunting rule. Uh, so the way they classified it is it's flagrant acts that deride, mock, bait, and embarrass their opponents. Here we go again. Snowflaking, basically. So uh, <sighs> so that includes you can't spike the ball. So not, I hope Gronk don't score two touchdowns in a it's game. It's all these Karens writing letters to the NFL. Shit. It's 100% what so it is. So you can't, you can't do that. Just Karen. pulling the ball or your finger and being verbally taunting. You can't stand there, step over your opponent. We saw in Ravens game you yeah. can't cross your arms, apparently. So wait, so wait. Just to be clear, you can't celebrate at all. Uh, that's... Uh, Got to go to the sidelines. So what, 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 <laughs> like I don't you said is what I don't happens. like it's you just can't. The way it sounds, well, the it whole can't be directed the ball at a player. It can't be directed at a player. So I don't even really know Sp- if you can spiking still the spike ball it. and spinning so the ball directed at a player. Though? If you're spiking it at the player yeah. towards the player, yes. If you're going to do it, just do it the other way. Is what the league is saying. The whole fro- crossing your arms thing, totally cool. If you're crossing your arms to your team and, and you show it off to your so, team, but the minute you direct it towards a player, that's where the foul. So if a player walks in front of you, you're fucked, probably, <laughs> depending <laughs> on who the ref is. And that's the asinine part of it all because. You're still that became the growing thing that I I kind of dislike anyway. Or you, you you have a pickoff and it could be the middle of the game and not decide anything. And thirty guys go running down to that right. camera to go that take is a the picture. Worst shit. It's the worst shit. <laughs> Apparently that's not taunting. I mean I don't I don't that, that is not directed the towards the player because it's not directed at a player. So I guess it's basically covered if you're doing the shit towards another player. So the worst part of it all to me is fine you do that crap and and sometimes it is what it is. But if a player does it two times in a game, they're subject to being ejected, ejected, wow. and suspended slash you know and or fined. And but the worst part of it all is too is it's a ref. <laughs> discre- 
It's under ref discretion, so... We're not going to read that out loud. Oh, no, 100% I will. Drew, John says Goodell has less balls than Caitlyn Jenner. I'm sorry, that's not appropriate, but it's fucking hysterical. It's good. Keep rolling. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but uh, the worst part good of all you, is it's, like, it's, it's ref discretion, too. So how many times going to... I mean, refs can't even get replays right half the time. Right. And then uh, if you want to put any blame, it's, it's owners. It's... Fuddy duddy billionaire owners that want to have as much control as they can, but they influenced the uh, the competition committee, and that's that's kind of why we have. This I group. forget who it was. Somebody from the Giants, Mara. I believe. John Mara, Mara was yeah, yeah, was the but one. That, that's, like I said, that's billionaire fuddy duddy guys that have you know their legacies, and they've owned this club through their family yeah, for hundred years. Got well, stop stop, stop having cool. stop having uh, teams that you can't you can't get anywhere in the playoffs. You can't do anything. Then you can talk. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It should, that should be when you're proposing rules, it should be stuff like that. It should be I bet you make we're gonna consider your year. we're gonna consider your record for this rule <laughs> you're proposing. If you haven't right. been winning, you don't you don't get a say. All All right, right. Yeah. Hey, we have break, breaking news. Bishop Sycamore just signed <laughs> uh, had four of their players signed with Big Blue. <laughs> <laughs> they also signed Cam Newton earlier today. Yeah. James, what do you got? Catchers. James, what do you got this week? Mine mine is uh just breaking news. Uh while in this uh, um, show tonight is, they just um, Adam Schefter just announced that Urban Myers said that his decision on cutting people was who are vaccinated, who not came into play on his decision. Wow! Yeah, so, so he's the first coach publicly to say that. Say then. That, yeah. That's ballsy that. for a first-year coach mm-hmm. yeah. to take that kind of a stand, so, especially in this what's day and age. A fake heart condition and leave when everything goes wrong. <laughs> I was going to go there next. Exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of ballsy just to drop the mic today. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I wonder what happens with this. I wonder what happens from the league response. Like, and what does the league well, say to that? I, I was just saying, and then the, what do other the, teams? Do? I was say, what's the what are the potential legal ramifications? I remember when. Sean McDermott, Bill's, yeah. Bill's head coach. And this was Mayor June uh, was answering a question about it. And he said that that was his decision make. Like, that was, it, it could factor in his decision making in the summer. And he was told no about it. Like, don't, you can't say that. Like, you got to come out and say a statement like, well, I didn't mean it like this. You know how that you yeah. backtrack. It's a tiebreaker. So, He's not saying well, he's cutting everyone that's unvaccinated. No, but yeah. it's, it's so, a tiebreaker. So what? What? I, I, I wonder what if this was an actual public statement or this was something like sources said yeah, that he public. made. Adam he made a right. public statement saying so, that. And that's, that's the that's the problem. Is that's what I was kind of getting at with legal ramifications. When you if you're saying that you chose you chose not to go with me simply because of my beliefs. Discrimination. That's that. That is the definition of discrimination. Right. So it's a fine line to be toting. I'd be real curious to see what comes out of this. Empl- yeah, because employers what, can fire anyone they want. That's what's happening all the way across the country. Like they're, base- they're eliminating you because you're refusing to take the vaccine. Basically, yeah. Yeah, someone, the federal government's doing it. If someone was on the bubble and he knew that they weren't vaccinated, most likely he wasn't gonna. Right. Because he wondered if he's gonna take a risk on his team, basically. And that's like one of the reasons why. Cam Newton got released. The NFL brought this on themselves like, when they started like talking Bill about forfeitures. Bell- That's Bill the Belichick rumor. said won't come out and say it, but That's the rumor. what he's saying is since he's not vaccinated, if he's around um, with a Jones, yeah, Matt Mac Jones, Jones, and he, he gets COVID, but he was in the area, then you can't play him. It's sort of like what happens in Denver. So he doesn't want to take the risk. Right. I get it. That yeah. situation. I get it. Get it.
no boundaries. Two topics. 30 seconds each. Plus, fuck James. It's question. time. Yeah. For the two. <laughs> like you got fucked. Warning. All right, Scott, it's time for the two-minute warning. I'll let you go first this week. All right. I think uh, Drew's asking the first question, so. All right, Drew, take it away. Uh, so every 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 year you have uh, a handful of teams, two, three, four teams, that make the playoffs in the NFL and don't make it the following year. So for you, which teams from last year's NFL playoffs do you not see returning this playoffs? Uh, as much as people think that it might happen, I don't think Indy's returning. Uh, to the playoffs, Washington. I don't think I. I think there's too many problems there. Yeah. I don't think they can they can repeat. I think it was a fluke last year. Chicago's another one uh, that I don't think it, it is there. Justin Fields, baby. I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll get into that next question, I'm sure. Uh, and then I, I think the other one that that's a question mark is I don't know that the Rams can can sneak in again this year. All right. So for me, I'm going to say Washington football team. I, listen, I like them better with. Uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think the Cowboys are going to end up winning that division this year. Uh, I do not think three teams from the AFC North make it, so I do not think the Pittsburgh Steelers will make it this year. Uh, mm. The Colts are borderline because they've had some injuries on the offensive line, and Carson Wentz is obviously a big wild card there. I agree the Bears will be a fringe team, so those would be my four teams that I think are on the cusp of potentially not making it this year. Okay. All right, and the next question, is, who do you think will have a bigger year at QB as a rookie, Fields, Wilson, or Lawrence, or Jones? Bigger, bigger year. Uh, I, I think that there's there's some decent weapons in Jacksonville. I think that they can do some some stuff. I think Trevor Lawrence is he's one of the first trues that we true first that we've seen in a while. So I think of those, I think Trevor Lawrence is the one that's going to have the biggest year of all of them. If we're talking rookie year, just their rookie year, I'm actually going to surprise you, and I think Zach Wilson's going to have the bigger really? year. What I've seen out of him in preseason so far, he looks good. I know it's the Jets. It's a cursed franchise. The shit always goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I think Zach Wilson's actually going to outperform these guys. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have the better career than Zach Wilson. And don't forget Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, when he gets the opportunity, is going to be a damn good quarterback and carry so, Drew's fantasy football team for a very, very long time. Uh, him and Mahomes. Remember that. I think, oh, man. I think Ty Johnson's going to look all right with them New York tricks. Ty Johnson. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have a hell of a running back rotation there. They're going to have a three-headed monster, none of which are going to be great, but I think all three of them be good. Ty Johnson will fit into that mold really well. Scott, sign us off, man. Good All show. All right. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. As usual, you can check us out on our website, www.birdlandbs.com. While you're there, you can check out all of our episodes. You can check out the Show and Tell podcast. I think you guys got a new one that just came out. No, yeah. we're recording tomorrow night. Uh, I put another one out tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah, we so had one sure, last week, though. Make sure, yeah. make sure you go check that out. Check out the latest episodes. Also, check out your gear. Get yourself some Birdland BS gear as well. Make sure you can check us out on all of our social media pages. At Birdland BS is how you find us. Go to at Birdland BS on Twitter and click the little link in our bio. It'll take you to literally everything yeah. of ours. Websites, social media networks, everything that you want. Birdland BS, it's all there for it's you. It's a one-stop shop for sure. Make sure you follow us when we do uh, you know, live shows, things like that. You can get involved uh, and be able to show up as well, especially when you're local. We appreciate everybody turning out when we do that. So stay tuned for you know, hopefully the, the buoy situation, whether it's yeah. this year or next year. That's it's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. Make sure you also follow us when you're on uh, YouTube. Make sure you go to YouTube. 
YouTube and you give us that subscribe, hit that little bell that'll let you know when we're getting when we're going live and when we're doing certain things. So make sure you check that out. For those of you that have asked, there's a scrolling bar at the bottom uh, for any donations that you would have have asked about. Where do you donate at? That's how you do it. So check that out throughout the show. Make sure you always check us out on Birdland Sports and uh, on Big Play as well. We're part of both of those networks, and we appreciate the partnership with them. We appreciate you guys. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. For Fred, Ryan, James, Drew, and myself, we'll see you guys next week. See you.